Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Get nasty on a Friday. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh and Anthony Stalter. Our guy Brad Thompson is with us for the first hour of the show as well. Welcome into the fast lane. What's up, BT? What is going on, fellas? How we doing today? You ready to rock? Of course I'm ready to rock. Look, it's Friday. Life is good. It's Friday then. It's Saturday, Sunday. What? Yeah. Phillies, Cardinals, Aaron Nola on the hill. Future Cardinal. Tonight. I for hope. the Phillies. Zach Thompson, Brad's brother, also on the hill. Yeah, I like that. It's a family thing. Do you find that difficult, BT, when you're calling the games and your brother's on the bump and sometimes you may have to be critical? Got to be honest, I'm never critical. Uh, always <laughs> always a little nervous for little bro. Um, but, uh, no, any time that he doesn't throw a strike, the umpire screwed him or, uh, look, somebody put him in a bad position of one uh, that wasn't of success. So Zach's going to go out there. He's going to go ahead and dominate Aaron Nola. Or it's a one nothing victory. Nola deals, too, and then he feels great, Jamie, to your point, about coming over here next year via free agency. So that'll be good, too. I like that. Oh. That means a lineup game here on 101 ESPN. We're an honest group, so we're going to ask BT, have you seen the lineup yet? I have not seen the lineup right. yet. Guys, uh, I'm not doing the game today. Yeah, game I saw is that. On, uh, Apple, Apple TV, yeah. Yeah. little night off. That's all right, ABT. Eh, you know what? It is fine. I've got baseball practice tonight for a little man, so, uh, yeah, life is good. Beautiful. Awesome. All right, so this is a team effort here with the lineup game. It's like old times, boys. It's like old times is right. I think Lars Taylor Tatsui Newbar leads off against Aaron Nola, the right-hander. What I, says uh, you? I agree with that. BT? I concur. All right. Show us Lars Taylor Tatsui Newbar. One, two, three, four. I'm grinding. I'm grinding. <laughs> All right. We're off to a good start. Is this uh, Does this chalk himself, Paul Goldschmidt? You think? I think so. What's gold, big old Goldie back in the two hole? Damn right. Yeah, in the three hole there for a couple. Seemed to work out, though. Certainly. You think he's going back here? I do. All right. BT, what do you think? Yeah, it's definitely going to be gold in the two-hole. All right. Well said. Show us Paul Goldschmidt. Gold! Rich with gold! Gold! So a couple of days ago against a right-hander, this was Alec Burleson. And with Nolan with Nolan uh, Gorman out, I think he goes – I think Ollie goes right back to Big Burley. I think uh, I think you're right. I think old big old country boy, old barrel chest gets the nod in this one. BT, what Guys, do you think? I love, I love the way that you're thinking. Uh, Nolan Arenado prefers hitting fourth. Like, that's where he would like to be. And I think that if you have somebody and you can, you know, go left, right, left, right, I think that they would prefer to do that. I, too, would go Burleson here, yet I'm not the manager of the club, but we can act like it now. All right. Show us. Big Burley. Some lefty on lefty magic from a guy like Nolan Gorman who's hitting near you in the lineup. What? <laughs> oh, 
Oh, man. All right. Uh, guys, if uh, if I could. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Show us. Nolan Arnauto. Nolan is a security guard at the lumber yard. Four for four, Where gentlemen. the hell are all these things coming from? <laughs> I haven't heard the lineup game in months. <laughs> That's our guy, Marsh. He's, he gets busy, or he gets, uh, at night, he gets busy on the interwebs finding us some sounders. This is incredible. <laughs> All right, guys. Is this Big Willie style? Oh, I always want Big Willie here in the five hole. Yeah, talked to him the other day. He said the hand was close. He was feeling pretty good, but didn't want to push it. I would think that after a day off that he should be good to go. Yeah. Show us that Big Willie. This one goes out to all the big willies. Wilson, are you naked? No, Tim, I'm wearing a hat. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. What the hell is going on? <laughs> <laughs> so this is, get, this is where it gets a little tricky. Uh, so, look, I, I, Walker could go here. But if, if you're thinking about doing your, your whole left, right, left, right, and I, I understand they went right, right with Arnado Contreras. I mean, d- does Richie Rich get the nod again? Oh, how can he not? I mean, the dude's guy's home Babe runs Ruth. left and right. He, just, he won the game for you the other day. The only damn home run, only run you got was off the bat of Richie Palacios. Do you go Richie Rich here? Do you push up Walker? I think those are your two options there. What do you I, think, Jamie? I honestly think he's going to go with Richie Rich. Let's do it. Show us Enrico Palazzo. Richie, do I have a mark on my face? It really hurts. Nope, nothing. I thought I hit you on the shoulder. My shoulder doesn't hurt very much, but my face does. (laughs) Not here or here so much. All right, then this is Jordan Walker. Yes. BT, you good with that? Agreed. Yep, agreed. All right, let's walk it like it's hot, Marshy. Walk it like it's hot. Walk it like it's hot. Wow, boys. We're doing pretty good here, guys. It's okay, not, let's uh, not screw it up here. It, this should focused. be an easy finish, right? I would think Edmund win. I would I would totally agree with that. That I, makes the most sense. Yeah, I think it's Edmund win as well for a great finish here in the fast lane. Show us Tommy Edmund. Tommy likey. Tommy want wingy. Show us. All I do is win, win, win. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Wow. Look at that, boys. Perfect lineup. The boys are back in business. Nice job, everybody. I I would agree with that. I think it's a little bit easier for us to do this when you have Gorman, Donovan uh, on the shelf. Like, that hurts a little bit. Carlson's not there. Your flexible pieces are not around, and after an off day might have been a little easier, but we nailed it nonetheless. You're making a lot of sense today. Well, Janet, if, if I may, I don't like Brad minimizing our yeah, accomplishment that was weird. on a Friday. It's been no, a I'm while. just saying. Um, no, we did great. Everybody did great. Huh. Nobody threw in a Uniel Kirikuto. We didn't We didn't go with <laughs> him. It. Yeah. So we couldn't we wait could to have. have you on to understand yeah, how to pronounce so, his name. Yeah, Uniel Kirikuto you, you, is, uh, is I the I can't name. even do it. And uh, Kirikuto is a guy that Chip Carey had been championing for uh, all season long, even out of spring training. He wanted Kirikuto on the (laughs) roster. Why? Because he likes writing cues on the scorecard. He's a big (laughs) cue guy. So Kirikuto gets called up. It's right before... Right before it, it like you know comes out, and uh, Ollie sends a text to him and I. He's like, "Well, you got your boy. Nice. <laughs> Caracuto is here." 
And, uh, yeah, he was pretty excited. I don't know if we'll see him play, uh, but Uni, Uni <laughs> is around, and uh, good for him. Good for him. Marsh, run it. All right, leading off center fielder Lars Taylor Tatsumi Nupar, batting second, first baseman Paul Goldschmidt, batting third, the DH Alec Burleson, your cleanup hitter, third baseman Nolan Arenado. Batting fifth, catching Wilson Contreras. Batting sixth in left field, Richie Palacios. Batting seventh in right field, Jordan Walker. Batting eighth, second baseman, Tommy Edmond. And batting ninth, the shite stop, Mason Wynn. Go foul, go foul. I don't believe what I just saw. Home run. All right, guys. Jamie, you're still up nine, nine, eight over right. me. And Marsh. I have five now. You have five Thanks now. Thanks to Richie Palacios. You believed in Richie Palacios, and he came through for you. So Marsh is making a, a late season comeback. We're coming. In our home run derby. However, BT is our guest. Yeah. I mean, he's a member of the fast lane. But for today's show, he's. He's a guest here in the lineup game, so BT gets to go first. Who do you got hitting home run? The first home Look, run. My lean, I was going to lean Palacios just to do it. But now that I find out that that's Marshy Marsh's guy, it seems uh, just seems not right for me to come in on a Friday and take Richie Rich from Marshy Marsh if he wants to go mm. that way. So I'm not going to do it. Well said. Uh, I am going to go with a uh, another big bopper that swings it from the left side in the form of Alec Burleson. Give me a Burley bomb for the first of the day. Okay. BT's got Alec Burleson. Jamie? Yeah, I mean, BT brings up some valid points about old Richie Rich there. So I'm going to go... I'm going to go Palacios. Damn it! Oh, wow! (laughs) Suck it, Marcy. Holy smokes. Uh, I'm going to go Lars Taylor Tetsui Newpar to hit a home run. On the first pitch. First pitch. You it. It. <laughs> Marsh. Yeah, I'm looking at some of the matchups here against Aaron Nola. And not great. Well, some of the guys that are batting over 500 are not in the lineup. I'm going to go with Wilson Contreras tonight. All right. There you have it. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN, where it's 211. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Brad Thompson is with us for the full hour, and one of the things we're going to get into next is Aaron Nola's on the hill tonight. He's a free agent. If the Cardinals don't get an ace, can they still build a competitive rotation in in the offseason? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. With Brad Thompson joining us for the rest of the hour. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter, it's Fastlane on 101 at ESPN. Aaron Nola goes tonight for the Phillies as the Phillies and Cardinals open up a new series at Bush Stadium. BT, one of the names that a lot of Cardinals fans are hoping the Cardinals sign this offseason is Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola's going to have a lot of suitors, including the same team that you know he grew up with, and that's the Philadelphia Phillies. If, they, if the Cardinals do not land an ace this offseason... Do you think that the Cardinals can can put together in one offseason with so many open spots a competitive rotation? Not an improved rotation, so, but a competitive one. And, and when you say do not land an ace, do you mean uh, just in free agency or you mean at all? I mean at all. So no. no. Okay. And, and No, and, I, I don't think so, man. 
and I'm not even talking about a World Series contender. I'm, I'm talking about building a rotation that could win you, let's just say, a playoff series next year. Well, you, you can win the division by patching it together. I think that we all know that this division is not great. You can go get a bunch of what you have, fours and fives, and piece it together, and maybe you bang enough offensively to go out and do that. I, I think that that is in play, but it will not win you a championship, and I don't think it will win you a playoff series, honestly. When you're looking at some of these teams that are rolling out one-two punches that are legit, that that you don't even think about looking at their lineup, you just think about the guys that you're going to face and go up against. Those are the type of guys that you need, and I, I really don't believe that next year the Cardinals can go into 2024 without having a a guy where there is not a question in spring training. Hey, who's getting the opener? Is it going to be a battle? Are these guys going to fight it out? No. Who is getting the damn ball on opening that you have to know who that is as soon as he signs his name on the paper? So, BT, with with a couple of the top names coming off the board, with Otani through injury and with Urias through, well, just personal problems there, like I said to Anthony yesterday, all eyeballs now are on Nola and Snell. That, Two guys. That's, that's it. it. And, I don't, and I don't know about you, but I don't see the Cardinals – being a team that will commit enough financially to get into that foot race with those other teams. I do. I, I absolutely do this year. Cause I, really? honestly, I think that they're, yeah, I think they're embarrassed with where they're at, to be honest. Uh, and I think that they realized that last year, um, I think they were shocked with the price of business, looking at some of these starting pitchers, them flying off the market. And they're like, Mm-mm, we're good. You guys are zigging. We're going to zag. We're going to go with contact. Well, with contact apparently comes ERA and runs because it just ain't, it ain't the thing, right? Like I'm not saying you can't have some guys in your rotation that pitch to contact, especially now that the Cardinals with Mason Wynn up the middle with Tommy Edmond in center field. Like a lot of the times you're solidifying some things up the middle. You feel pretty damn good about that, but you better have somebody that, can miss some bats and somebody that can go out there and be dominant and look Blake Snell I think it's his Cy Young to lose this year all of the the numbers are pointing his direction and in total fairness for Nola it's been a down year for Aaron Nola he coming off of like last year he's down across the board with a little bit of everything and I don't know if we talked about this or not but when we were in Philadelphia it was my understanding from talking to some people around there that some of his issues were really pitch clock related that he struggled with how quick everything was moving. He's a very cerebral pitcher, and it took him and it's taken him some time to kind of get used to things. I would think with as talented as he is, he's going to be just fine. You give him a full offseason, he knows how to prepare for it. Uh, that I wouldn't worry about. But I really do believe that the Cardinals are at a point right now, first of all, they'll have money coming off the payroll, and second of all, they'll still have money to spend. I will not be shocked at all if they buy not one but two starters. Maybe not the two highest guys. You're not going to get Snell and, uh, and Nola, but I could see them going out and getting Nola and perhaps a Gray or something like that. I could totally see it. Realistically speaking, BT, especially this offseason, are the Cardinals just, in most teams for that matter, just to the spot where you have to develop an ace? You have to, you, you have to draft him. You have to develop him and then have him cost-controlled and grow up within the organization. I think that is the that is the best plan for long-term success is having that because when you do that, when you, when you get those type of guys, 
you're getting them, you're getting the prime years of them. You're not getting them when they have a couple of years. So let's say it's a college junior. He spends a couple of years in the minor leagues. You get him to the big leagues at 24 years old, we'll call it, uh, maybe 25. You get his six years in, he's a free agent. He's 30, 31. There's a lot of miles on him. And then he's commanding a six, seven-year deal if he's like a stud. You might not be buying the best year. So, yeah, I, I really do think that that is the goal. Unfortunately, right now, unless the Cardinals want to wait three, four years, they have they don't have that guy knocking on the door. Tink Hens, maybe like maybe he ends up being that guy, but he and they love him and they, he's highly thought of. But he's not going to sneak into the rotation next year out of spring training and be an ace. And it might take a while at the big league level. I know they're still trying to rework some pitches of his, trying to reshape some things uh, at the minor league level. And he's got work to do, which is justified for how young he is. But uh, yes, that is the answer. But unless you're willing to waste a couple of years of Goldie and Arenado, who are not getting any younger, I don't think it's the right answer for the next couple of years. I think the right answer is, you know, signing up some of these guys to long-term contracts. By the time your new, your young guys are ready, who may not even be in the organization yet, maybe you draft them next year. Uh, once they're ready, you have some of these guys that are off of contract. You know, Michaelis will be off a of contract. Matts will probably be off a of contract. Uh, and then you still have the old guard of the guys that you ended up signing, and you have some of your young bucks that are ready. I feel like that's kind of the recipe, but – they don't have the ability this year, I don't think, in-house to just say, yeah, we'll, we'll fix it here. You, you could compete in the, in the division if you want to, but you're not going to go win a championship, in my, in my estimation. BT, where, where would you be at uh, if I said that the Cardinals for their fourth or fifth spot should entertain you know, calling Kyle Gibson? Uh, I, I love Gibby, but I think that right now, you got you got to shoot a little bit higher because right now four and five for you, with, with all due respect, four and five should be Mats and Michaelis should be four and fair five. enough, and and that's a very good four and five. You still need to figure out one two three. So if you went out there and did one two punch, dude, I I love Gibby and Gibby has wanted to come here for a long time. He would love to be in St. Louis. He lives out near Washington, Missouri. Like that would be great. His wife's from the area. Uh, he looked really good the other night, too, by the way. That's kind of um, what sparked my interest. Yeah, no, I could see that. I could absolutely see that. Yeah, he's a, he would be a really good depth guy, but that wouldn't be the first call that I'm making. I'm, I'm trying to get my, my front-end shopping done first. And then, yes, I would love to be able to bring that sort of depth and a guy that takes the ball. We showed the graphic during the ball game the other day over the last few years uh, of the guys with the most starts who just are there. It's incredibly important. We talked about that, too, when Miles Michaelis was on the mound. Miles had an up-and-down year, and he's talked about that. But the fact that the guy takes the ball and eats nearly 200 innings, did eat 200 innings for the last couple of years, that is a, a an important commodity. But you need higher-end help first. I, I just yeah I just wonder what's going to be realistic you know because when you even look at the trade market I, I don't know what's going to be out there from a trade standpoint everybody keeps bringing up the Seattle Mariners if I'm the if I'm the Mariners I'm building around that young pitching I'm building around Julio Rodriguez and some of these other young boppers that I've gotten the in the in the lineup I'm not giving up pitching just because I need maybe oh a second baseman uh, the, the the pitching that could be the pitching that I think people are banking on being available I, I don't think I don't think we're gonna see that 
So I, I think that they'll be available, Anthony, but it's going to cost you. So are you willing to give up 30 home runs a year at second base in no. Gorman? Because that's what it's going to cost to go get one of those guys from Seattle. It'll, it'll cost that and, and maybe a little something. Like that's kind of where the price of business is going to be. So are you at the point where if you do that, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul? Like does does that end up making sense for you? Maybe the answer is yes. Maybe, maybe it does work out that way. Maybe you have some of these young guys that are coming up, like the Thomas Sajid. JC kid who's just knocking the cover off the ball that you ended up getting at the trade deadline and you think that he could end up being a fit these are way higher level questions than I have the answer to but and the trade market is such an interesting one right isn't it guys where you just don't really know who they're dangling who could be out there we've heard plenty of the rumors like you said around Seattle uh, around George Softy I mean Kirby and then (laughs) and whoever whoever you want to throw into the mix uh, I'd be interested. I was more interested in Kirby two weeks ago, uh, but I'd be interested <laughs> in having. Oh golly! But uh, but yeah, I'd be interested in that. But I just don't know, you know, where they weigh the risk versus reward of it. And, and the risk versus reward to me is not the hey, where do I send off this outfielder who hasn't got enough reps here, and does he take off somewhere else? It is hey, we have a known quantity in a dude here at the big league level. Is it worth shipping that off? to bring in a starter in the middle of it. It's going to be a hard one to do. And I like, they're going to have to think about it. They're going to have to go out there and look. But I, I think at the end of the day, guys, the answer is going to be money more so than it is going to be shelling out your pieces. That's exactly what I was just about to ask you is are the Cardinals going, is it going to be about money more than player currency? Because Anthony and I have talked about this last handful of days, just that when we look at this roster, when you've got your full roster available and these guys are banging just the way they have been all year, this offense is more than fine. Mm-hmm. In Major League Baseball, it, it, it's a top 10 offense in all of baseball, and it, it has the potential of being higher. So do you risk giving up some of that in order to get your pitching? But it sounds like you're saying the Cardinals are going to have to go spend the money. Yeah, look, and they will have to weigh that. If they get to the point where they're out of their market or if you're looking, I, I don't think – so here's the hard part, okay, because we, we all agreed that your top end of the market looks like two guys. Right now it looks like Nola and it looks like Snell. That ends up being your top end. I would love to add Sonny Gray to this rotation. Sonny Gray doesn't scream ace, but I would put him in, in as a guy that I think is worth chasing and worth the money uh, for a season. But after that, guys, I just the concept of spending money. Like if Snell has his heart set and he wants to go wherever, pick a team, L.A. If Nola has his heart set and he's like, you know what, I want to go back to Philly, that's where he wants to go. Uh, just spending money just to spend money doesn't make sense. How do you make this ball club better? If they went out there and spent $60 million on a middling starter and you say, oh, well, that guy profiles as a four, that doesn't do any good. That's where you end up having to pivot. That's why I like all this stuff in, in free agency and the offseason is going to be so interesting because the market is going to be fluid. We always talk about spending money. Yes, yes, but you have to spend the right money and the right money is two guys right now. Brad Thompson, Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter. It's the fast lane on 101 ESPN. We have BT until the end of the hour. What are the Cardinals looking for out of their young players down the stretch? We'll get into that conversation next in the fast lane. The smartest way Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. 
browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, treks, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging beds. Baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Brad Thompson, BT with us throughout the first hour of the show. I'm Anthony Stalter. If you want to join the show at any point, you know how to get a hold of us. 314-399-9646 is the Air Comfort Service tax line. You can always leave us a mic drop on anything we're discussing. You access that via the 101 ESPN mobile app. YouTube streaming still down for the moment, but hopefully next week we'll have an opportunity yeah. to get back up on YouTube. BT, did you hear that Anthony got us kicked off YouTube? <laughs> what did you do, Anthony? Uh one, uh, I, I can't really discuss everything that he did just because, okay. you know, there's still... Well, legal still. Yeah, there's some things surrounding it all. But he did end up with no shirt on doing impersonations, and YouTube flagged him for it. It's not surprising. It is disappointing, I would say. Is it, though? Is it? I mean, people, people couldn't get enough of the YouTube channel. And now you've taken it away because of the fact that you just love to go topless. Yeah. He's all proud of himself. He I still did a big full chest hair going. Well, I, I was more proud of the Belichick uh, impersonation. I probably just should have. Yeah. What do you think, Siri? Siri always jumps Siri's in. Always Once jumps a week, in. Siri jumps into our conversations. B, BT, you got robot voice going on right now. Can you reset for us, please? Damn it. You're yes. Fi- you're fine. Uh, no, uh, Siri. <laughs> Siri. What back, is going on here right off. now? Siri, play Barbie Girl. No, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like top top song played. All right, <laughs> we will play your favorite song now. Yeah. BT's going to reset, but when he comes back, one of the questions we're going to ask is, "What are the Cardinals looking for out of their their young players down the stretch?" I think this this kind of goes hand in hand, Jamie, with what we talked about yes, yesterday with Richie Palacios. This is somebody that has showed pop. He's played good defense. He's showed flexibility. I think it's 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 really an individual basis. But if if you're just if we just start off with Palacios and BT's back right now, uh, BT, I just asked Jamie, you know, what are the Cardinals looking for out of their young players down the stretch? I would say it's a, it's on an individual basis. For example, Richie Palacios, continue to do what you're doing. Hit you know hit bombs and show flexibility with defensively. I think that's that's the only thing you can ask him to do as of right now. It, 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 right now <laughs> you're good. Sounds oh, good. Sounds good. good, yeah. good, good. Marshy yeah, started to panic fantastic. again. You that got Marshy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> can I? Uh, yeah. With you ever do that to somebody back it. in the day with your cell phone? Yes. <laughs> I did that all the time. I'd end up on the phone with somebody. Either they kept talking or I didn't really want to talk to them, and I bet it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anthony, Anthony, ah, it's really. Got, uh, or, got, 
opinion. Later. Anthony uses the crumbled <laughs> uh, the crumbled bag of chips still. Yeah, I do. Kind of a bad area. Anyways, BT, yeah. Richie Palacios. No, and that's when you knew the, none of those relationships were the right ones. That's correct. You, know, where you just have yep. to pull any of those chips <laughs> out. And then uh, I no, knew. So, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. When it, when it comes to, we'll just use Richie as an example, take advantage of whatever is there for you, okay? So Richie got the nod the other day because – Nolan Gorman hurt his hamstring going up the line. He just proceeds to come into the game and drop two bombs. And all of a sudden, by the way, Richie is a kid. He is not lacking confidence either. And I mean that in a very good way. Like, he is just out there. He's not, uh, like, head down, like, oh, let's just see what happens. He's like, yeah, let's go. You're going to oh, play second base? Yeah, cool, because I got drafted as a shortstop because I got it. How about the play that he damn near made, ranging up the middle, sliding grab, comes up, throws a rocket, and just barely by a half a foot uh, ends up missing the guy over at first base? Like, they want to see him continue to play with that confidence and see if he can be a guy that provides depth. I don't see, I don't think that they're looking at Richie Palacios as a guy that takes over in the outfield. Now, they might look at him as a guy that might get more reps if they move one or two of their outfielders. I don't think that it's any like shock to say that Tyler O'Neill or Dylan Carlson could potentially be up for grabs in the offseason in the right deal. Anybody could be up for grabs in the right deal. So, there might end up being some opportunity. But with Richie, I think they want to see him continue to keep that confidence. They'll keep giving him reps whenever the matchup looks right for him and see what it ends up looking like for him. But like, that's what they want to see for all of these young guys. And that's what we wanted to see as we had talked for the longest time about when are they going to bring Mason Wynn up and what can Mason do with this? We've seen in the last week Mason Wynn take a lot better at bat. And he's able to slow some things down a little bit I think it was the first day in Baltimore, maybe the second day. But anyways, we were talking to Ollie, and he had referenced uh, batting practice for Mason Wynn. And he was so happy about the BP that he took because he spent the entire batting practice just trying to let the ball travel, being quiet, and driving the ball the other way. Just up the middle the other way, just line drives. Not trying to hit rockets to left, not trying to hit home runs so People in the crowd are going, ooh, and on, like the fans in the birdbath out there, which, by the way, big fan of the birdbath out there. Oh, yeah. Do you see those guys? They're crazy, just getting sprayed out there. Oh, yeah. Uh, clean fun. Yeah, we need good stuff. Would you be happy of- if it was your first time at the ball field and you got these tickets? Buddy, your buddy at the office gave you these tickets. Yeah. You bring the wife, the kids, and you're sitting out there, and all of a sudden this dude just opens fire with a hose. How many? How would you feel about how many that? beers in? It doesn't matter, Anthony. Like no, two, two well, beers in, three beers in. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Okay. Yeah, but you got the family though. That's the thing. Yeah, like so I wouldn't. Like yeah. Lincoln so is sitting be. there getting pelted by a hose. Oh, then I have to absolutely wrap that hose around his neck. And... Yeah, but this is a thing. This is the bird bath. Like, why would you do that to Lincoln? No, not Lincoln. <laughs> the guy with the hose. <laughs> Lincoln wouldn't put up with that, anyways. Are you kidding me? He'd have his I, he'd have his little two year old arms up. I don't think so. I Dad. got this. Uh, <laughs> I do believe that the uh, the bird bath out there in Baltimore is a, is a designated <laughs> seating area. So I think that so you, you kind of know, know what, what you're buying. Yeah. Okay. You know what you're buying. It'd be kind of fun to do that though to your buddy. Hey, I got yeah. these sticks. You ever been to an Orioles game? No. no sounds great. Right, They're great. doing great this go. year. You'll yeah. love it. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, I was. I think that the Cardinals should have something like that. Okay, and, and this is no uh, disrespect to Big Mac Land. 
where they wave the little thingies. That's fun. But maybe you have another area where everybody's getting a little cray-cray out there. The snark is so good. <laughs> no, it's, it's fantastic. Who doesn't like a good Big Mac? Uh, but That's a good like, point. Yeah. A little, little party deck where it's okay. It's still right. a fun, family-friendly environment, like 99.8% of the place. But those characters out there, they're going to let somebody have it in left field. Right. I kind of like it. I like the idea. I do, I, I do as well. I love the idea, actually. Yeah. Um, BT, what other young guys do you do you look at? It could be pitch, pitching too. What do you what do you think the Cardinals specifically are looking for out of some of these these young guys down the stretch? Yeah, or, they, or are we just kind of are we overhyping this too much? And it's like ah, uh, it's always well, a deve- it's always an option to kind of or it's always it's always available to get opportunities, but you know. So the two, the two Anthony, they're not overhyped in their development. Are the two guys that you're looking at to be your cornerstones of your organization in a couple of years, Walker and Win. Okay. Like, and, and the leaps and bounds that you've seen Jordan Walker make offensively and defensively this year have been very noticeable, haven't they? That he's a stud. Well, I th- he's just he looks comfortable. Yeah, he looks comfortable. He'll get there. You know, both guys look like they belong. And I know that's just kind of a general thing. But yeah, but that's a big thing. They, rookies like that, and you look like you belong, yeah. that's a massive step. They don't look like they've got the deer in the headlights to them every night. I know there are times where Jordan Walker has struggled defensively, but I don't think it has anything to do with him from um from like a baseball IQ standpoint. It's just what you know, he's he's not used to the reps out there. Athletically yeah. he's good enough. It's just again that it's a rep thing. And he's not comfortable yet, but he will be. But both guys look like they belong, and that's I so think we, is huge. I do too. And with Jordan, you saw it. You've seen it pitch recognition wise. You've seen it uh, the way that he'll foul off tough pitches, get to a mistake. Jordan is still very pitchable. You can you can pitch him in hard, and you can get him. Yeah. You can pitch him down in a way, and you might be able to get him. But if you make a mistake, he'll get you. And earlier he wasn't hitting the mistakes, and then he was chasing some of those pitches off. And just the confidence in the outfield, Anthony. And you're absolutely right. It comes down to the reps. But you would talk to this guy earlier in the season. And you could see he was like Adam Sandler in the the old skit, like oh no matter no matter please God don't Big hit lefty. it to me like he was <laughs> and the, the wheels were turning and I Get guarantee you oh he went to sleep at night where he could have been in a nice four season somewhere could have been at his place here in St Louis but I bet he went to sleep at night just praying that the ball didn't get hit that direction oh, like no. okay well how many do they got a bunch of uh, righties up? Are they full hitters? <laughs> like, because you're just not comfortable. And at yeah. this level, like that first step means everything. It's been so fun to watch the first step of Jordan Walker here recently because he's going in the right direction, which is big. But then he's got the he's got the confidence to have that closing speed on the baseball, and he's got good speed. And I know that he's been working tirelessly every single day with Willie McGee, with the rest of the outfielders. And uh, Willie McGee is not a uh, look-at-me guy. Willie would rather just not talk to anybody, not because he doesn't like people. He likes everybody. But he says, hey, it's about him. It's about the hard work that he's been putting in. But Willie has dedicated a lot of time to that young man, to the whole outfield group. Katie Wu, our friend over at The Athletic, wrote a great piece about like kind of their relationship and the work uh, that, that he's been putting in here recently. But that's what it's about. It's about getting better, doing it at this level at 21 years old 
and we're seeing Mason Wynn do it. So keep a close eye on Mason Wynn. The last, what is it, 16 games that the Cardinals have left. Is he still slowing things down in the box? Is he trying to drive the ball the other way? Does he get a bunt down like he did the other day? Remember, there have been a couple of bunt attempts that he didn't really get down. It looked like he'd never been asked to bunt in his life. You know right. why? He's probably he's never, never been, been asked to bunt <laughs> in his life because, yeah, he's always just been uh, been a stud. Like Those are the things that you want to see happen. And uh, in my opinion, number 199 that Wayno got, which was such a cool moment, and it was one of the best baseball games of the year, and I talked to you guys before that, and we're all like, yeah, I don't know, whatever the expectations are. Right. Or, who knows? Hands up in the air. Uh, Wayno doesn't get number 199 if Mason Wynn isn't the shortstop of the team. Wow, good call. Because he turned, oh, yeah. two, wow. he turned two massive double plays that nobody else is turning, and you all know extra outs are not a good thing to give up. Wayno's got to face a few more guys. Maybe he makes one mistake in a tight ball game. Good call. Uh, I, I think that Mason Wynn is a big reason why that happened. And that's actually happened a number of times this year to Wayno, where he's had two outs, yeah. and there's a, a, a situation where a defense of play can be made. Maybe it kind of knocks off a glove. The guy boots it, a little slow to first base, and then the inning just starts to get out of control. So that was a huge, and a couple a of run. huge outs. Yeah, you're right. And then then there's a home run, and yeah. and then you're you're down, you're trailing, and Wendell's out of the game. Last segment coming up with BT. Going to ask him about the outfields. How do when it comes to the off season, how do you clear up some of these spots and not have the 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 merry-go-round when it comes to that Cardinals outfield. I also have a very important question for BT in this last segment. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We have BT for the next 10 minutes. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter. Brad, one of the things that we have talked about is what you do in the offseason to maybe free up some of the spots in the outfield. I like all the players. You know, when I, sometimes I'll bring up a name like Tommy Edmond, and people are like, oh, well, you can't lose Tommy Edmond. I, I don't want to lose Tommy Edmond. I want to retain all these players. But there's only three spots in the outfield. You got Newt. You got Edmond. You've got, if Gorman's going to be damn near a full-time second baseman next year and win is your shortstop moving forward, Edmund's going to have to play in the outfield. Donovan, when he comes back, is likely ticketed for heavy heavy uh, innings in the outfield. Walker doesn't have a spot as of right now in the infield or full-time DH because that's kind of your flexible, movable spot for Ollie. There's a lot of outfielders here. How do you free up spots in the outfield this offseason – or do you think this is just going to be similar to what it what it's been this this past year, and Ollie's just going to have to mix and match every game? No, I, th- I think you have to trade some pieces off. Honestly, I, I don't think that it's I don't think it's good to come in with that many. Now you have to figure out the right ones to move on from the right deal that makes sense. But if I'm going into next year and you just have to ask me, hey Brad, who is your opening day outfield? against the Dodgers, uh, regardless of who's on the mound, because you'll play your matchups there, right? Uh, I'm going from left to right, Newt, Tommy, Walker is the way that I'm going. Tommy Edmonds, your best center fielder. I'm not sure it's close. Yeah. Like, that kid is making it look very easy. Does he have a good arm out there? No. 
Uh, that is something that you just deal with. There are some center fielders that just don't have great arms, kind of part of uh, part and parcel. The fact that he can go back and get it, the fact that he can come in and get the ball, uh, you will take it. Newt Barr has uh, proven to be real. I mean, his on-base skills are real. His fastball hitting abilities are real. You feel really good about him playing the corner. Yeah. And Jordan Walker, who we spent a lot of time talking about, um, he needs to play every day. He will play every day. There will be some reps for him, I'm sure, at the DH spot. But that might be a spot where a lot of guys, like this year, will get reps. So the young guy's got to be playing every single day. That's where he's going to be. So who does that leave you with? Well, right now it leaves you with Donovan, as you mentioned, who Donnie, to me, next year is super utility, play all over the place. It might not be the best thing for him. He's coming off of an arm injury where um, I'm sure that all of the different arm angles for him all over the diamond and the throws from the outfield where you're sitting around for three innings and you don't get one, like they take their toll. Like that job is not an easy one to play at the level that he did. But I think that's where his biggest value is. And this is, again, barring the fact that you don't trade Gorman in a deal. If you do trade Gorman, I think that he slides right into second base. Tommy stays in center field. That's the way that I look at it. Uh, but you still have him. You've got Carlson. You've got O'Neill. You've got uh, Palacios put himself in the mix. You've got Burleson. Like, there's a lot of different options out there. You have to move on from some. And we can talk all day long about what is the value of O'Neill and what is the value of, of Dylan Carlson. Sometimes you just got to make the best deal that's available at the time for a certain guy. Sometimes you just have to cull the herd. Yeah. And that's I think that's where they're kind of going to have to be. We also talked earlier this week about the need to add to the bullpen. That's going to be a big need. Like this bullpen of the Cardinals isn't great right now either. You're going to need some guys. Well, remember a couple of years ago when the Cardinals traded away Luke Voigt. In the deal with Luke Voigt, that brought in Giovanni Gallegos, who has been one of your most reliable relievers. I get it up and down year this year, but he's been one of your guys. And it brought in Chase and Shreve, who was a guy lefty, but Giovanni Gallegos has been a good ticket. You're telling me that Luke Voigt at that time had more value than any of the guys that I just mentioned there in the outfield? There's no way. Like Luke Voigt was a 4A player at the time who, to his credit, did a great job with the Yankees. He took off, and, and he was really good for a while. But you're you're going to be able to get value for other parts of your club that you need with the pieces that you have, in my, in my opinion, in the outfield. BT, uh, sidebar to all this, um, <clears throat> you've pitched in some pretty big moments for the Cardinals, and uh, you pitched in the World Series, for that matter. Um, yeah, Aim pretty- high, let it fly. Pretty big moment. <laughs> pretty big. Uh, pretty big game coming up here on Monday. Uh, I'm throwing out the first pitch on Monday. I know you are, buddy. Yeah, Jamie. <laughs> and uh, Anthony and I have been doing some bullpen sessions here. It's okay. get. It's getting better because uh, I'm not one who wants to just go out there and just flip the ball, hope it gets to home plate, and we just shake hands and take a picture. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to bring some heat. Like, you know, like, I right. can throw strikes. I want Ollie to see that. So yeah. can we make sure that Ollie's watching for this first pitch? Yeah, no, we can. He was definitely watching for mine. I know that. So, <laughs> he's very attentive. He'll be right there. Uh, he'll be on the top step overlooking everything. And, uh, Jamie, here's the key. Don't overthink it. Go out there and be an athlete. Don't go out there and say, hey, maybe if I sink this thing away, maybe the skipper will look because the bullpen's in shambles. <laughs> you know, whatever it is, you got to go out there and you just throw that damn baseball like I know you can. Jamie, I've seen you throw. You're an athlete. You're going to be fine. Trust your stuff. Okay, be you. Right. Aim high, let it fly. 
All right, I'll do that. Because my other thought was just, you know, dotting someone between the shoulder blades from the Brewers just to send a message. They're going to be far away. I mean, it's going to be very obvious the intent. Well, yeah, no, <laughs> I, I want it to be 100% clear what the intent is. Okay. Um, I will say um, probably a lot of team officials back behind the plate, also a big bird who has a lot of padding. So if you're going to hit somebody, <laughs> maybe it ends up being Fred Bird. He'll take one for the team. His, if you if your aim is great, his hat does detach. I've done that a few times oh in mm. uh, Cardinals kid shows. I've hit him in the hat with a uh, football before. Hat flies right off. Mm. So I think that would be comic genius. Now, if, if you do that, um, we didn't talk about this because you might you kill the bird and all of a sudden I'm liable. So this is ah. just a don't do that. All whatever right. you do, but have fun with it. That's no, gonna be awesome. I'm gonna have a blast. It's it's awesome. It's um, when I got approached with the idea, I was kind of like, man, this is kind of a bucket list thing. Like when a, a other tie, like when else in my life would I have a chance to throw the first pitch? I For mean, sure. I've never a big star player to get the opportunity. Like, Here, here's the ball. Yeah, because we are you're our big free agent signing. You know, like mm-hmm. that never happened. So it's gonna be awesome bringing the whole family down with, with Ashley, her kids, all of my kids. It's gonna be a good time. Do so you get it? Well, you're gonna throw your strike. Uh, probably have a cocktail afterwards because you're a gentleman, as you should. Uh, <laughs> and then come up and say hi. Come hang out up in the booth. Yeah, I think that's the plan. I think somewhere around the third inning, I'm going up to join you and Chip to uh, talk baseball. I, w- I want to talk yes. about you know sliders and cutters and sinkers and things like that. We could do all those things, Jamie. <laughs> and then we'll talk about keeping our sticks on the ice, going into those gritty areas. We'll, talk about, we'll, do, we'll do it all. <laughs> BT, the scouting report on Jamie is he's uh, he's 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 got a decent fastball. He throws the cement mi- mixer slider though. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that That's thing right. spins but doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. Sometimes that backup breaking ball is the best pitch in baseball. Other times, well, you know, you get a new baseball. Because <laughs> they fouled it off. Yeah, that's they're fighting it. it. Brad Thompson, <laughs> Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. BT, good, uh, good hearing from you, man. Good seeing you. We'll see you uh, next week. Sounds good. Talk to you guys next week. Have a great weekend. You, you too, as buddy. well. That's Brad Thompson, Bally Sports Midwest. The, the Apple TV game of the night is Cardinals and Orioles, but you'll see BT over the weekend as the uh, Cardinals, not Orioles, excuse me, Phillies. The Phillies and the Cardinals play all weekend. Jamie's throwing out the first pitch on Monday. So looking forward to that yeah. as well. All right. Eagles, Vikings, Thursday night thoughts. Skull. Including Jamie saw something this morning. It's like, hmm. Oh, yeah. We may have talked about this yesterday. We'll tell you what that is next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. We set the precedent for how things are supposed to look. And that's the funny thing that makes me chuckle because we set the precedent for how things are supposed to look and you see all these beautiful balls down the field and all these big time plays, but we rushed for 255 yards. You know, it's, they didn't stop that. And that's a testament to the O-line, the way DeAndre ran the ball and other guys when they ran the ball and they had their opportunities. But winning looks a ton of different ways, you know, and I say winning is the only that was Jalen Hurts of the Eagles last night as uh, fly Eagles fly down Marshy's Minnesota Vikings 34-28. to I don't know what the magic number is as of right now for the Waffle House Challenge, oh. but um, we're going to need, we're gonna need a, 
accounting number going on here. What I need, I need the Falcons to win. Yeah, you do. So now you're all in. Yeah. So the Waffle House Challenge is all about the the Falcons and Vikings. Marsh said that the Vikings would have more wins than the Falcons when it's all when the season is over with. I said the Falcons would. So whichever team loses has fewer wins. One of us has to do the Waffle House Challenge. If it's the Vikings, Marsh is going to stay in a Waffle House for 24 hours with one hour coming off the punishment for every waffle that you eat. If it's Falcons, I have to do the same challenge. If they wind up with the same amount of wins, Jamie's got to do the challenge. Yeah. I could see Marshy pounding down 12 waffles in the first hour. I definitely could. I could see that happening. I would vomit, but I could see Marshy... Yeah, he's still at that age where he'd probably starve himself for a day or two yeah. and then just absolutely pulverize 12 waffles early just to bring it down a little bit. Mm. He'd take an hour breather and pound down another sure. six or seven. Only be there for a few hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How are we going to regulate this? What do you mean? Like, uh. are other people going to be there? Yeah. Are we going to live stream this? Like- We're right in there with general population. Okay. We're going to we have can- gen pop, they call it. We taking shifts. What? Shifts. Oh, I heard something different. Uh, you might have to. Oh, shifts. Yeah. Um, again, <laughs> we'll figure bad. it out. Details. Details are, are coming. Legal will get on this. I'm sure. Yeah, and we have these things called phones where we can go like Facebook Live. Yeah. And I've I've got a tripod that we could use. <laughs> really? Yeah. Is it set up right now? Yeah. Which bedroom? Oh, Anthony, master. Eagles 34, Vikings 28. Follows you around the room, too. That's those cool ones. There you wow. go. <laughs> it's one of those you, drones. You, you sprung for the, yeah. the most expensive one. Well, you want to make sure you get all the action. Sure, absolutely. Um, it's great for youth athletics, too. Certainly, yeah. Uh-huh. The Eagles weren't as mistake-prone as the Vikings last night. That's really what last night came down to. And yes, the Eagles ran the ball at will at times. I didn't think Jalen Hurts in the passing game for the Eagles looked that great. I mean, Devontae Smith, Devonta Smith caught the long pass. Uh, Hurts under underthrew the, the other long pass that he threw to, to Devonta Smith. But, you know, A.J. Brown was relatively kept in check. But De- the Swift went for 28, 28 carries and 175 yards. DeAndre Swift didn't didn't even half the time he didn't even follow the the, the right hole. Mm. He just bounced outside and took whatever the Vikings were giving him. And a lot of times it was there were a lot of eight, holes, nine Anthony. yards. There were a lot of holes. You watch defense. him. He, there was a lot of times where it was like he would he would get to the he would get to the line of scrimmage. He'd look no hole. I'll bounce outside and then all the off blocking we go. going the wrong way. And he's just off doing his own thing anyways. It worked. It did. It worked last night. Minnesota, not the, not the most athletic linebacking core, so that wound up being an issue. But the Vikings shot themselves in the foot. Mm. Cousins fumbled. They fumbled on the punts. Well, they you had, had four fumbles. You had the Justin Jefferson fumble going in the end zone. I know some people feel as though that the ball carrier should be punished on a play like that. I don't dispute that. But to have that be a turnover and a touchback at the 20, I think is ridiculous. If you want to back that team up to the 20, I'm fine with it. So Jefferson, I, he he might have been trying to reach to the end zone, but the ball kind of came out. It goes through. Rules goes out rules, of bounds. In the, if you want to back the Vikings up to the 20, fine. Why? Why the Eagles are gifted the ball in that situation, I don't know. 
I think it's a dumb rule. I think it's one of the dumbest rules in sports, quite frankly. How's your problem? If Justin Jefferson was on the 10 instead of the 1, the ball would re- would be st- the, the Vikings' ball still. If he fumbled out of bounds, the ball would go back to where he was. But because it was, he was at the 1, and he lost the ball, and it goes through the end zone, now it's a touchback and the Eagles get it. I, again, I just hate the rule. But the Vikings, nonetheless, the Vikings shot themselves in the foot repeatedly last night. Yeah. Still covered, though. Is that so, what we're celebrating that now? No, well, I'm just saying, though, as bad as they played... They were a one score away from, shot. from winning that game, which is, I don't know if that says a lot about them or says, or what it says about the Eagles at this point, because that's two weeks in a row. And I like the, I like, I like the Eagles. I like their players. Um, I think they do things, uh, they're very, they pay attention to details. They're a very detailed team. Um, but I'm wondering, if we're going to say see the same Eagles that we saw last year, so that's two weeks in a row where you would you would think that they would blow these teams out of the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the storyline is the Eagles. I'm with you, Marsh. Mm-hmm. The Vi- the Vikings. We knew they were going to lose. The, you knew they were going to lose, and for me, I, I've said this before. I didn't think the Vikings were a playoff team this year. I thought they were going to have to win shootouts. There's there's been nothing so far in the first two weeks that have that have worked against that that have disputed that. Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins threw for 364 yards and four touchdowns last night. He wasn't the problem. Mm-hmm. The fumble sucks, but you know your left tackle got yeah. beat and he got blindsided. Okay, but Kirk Cousins wasn't the issue. Mm-hmm. The fact that he's playing on Thursday night wasn't an issue. It was the defense, your run defense specifically, and the fact that you couldn't you couldn't hold on to the ball. But the Vikings losing last night was not a surprise. I'm with you, Marsh. The, the Eagles, despite scoring 34 points last night and winning a, a tough road game For last sure. week against the Patriots, they haven't looked crisp thus far. I mm-hmm. think they'll get better. Because mm-hmm. don't forget, they, they swapped coordin- coordinators. They lost both coordinators. Yeah. That's big. So they they even though the roster is largely the same as the team that went to the Super Bowl last year, this is still a team that is, is, is working with new coordinators, new play calling, all of that. And I think it's going to take a while. Nonetheless, they're still two and zero to start the year. The Eagles, yeah, I think they're going to be fine. I'm not. I'm not. I'm honestly not worried about the Eagles. So, Jamie, oh yeah, you had said something to me coming in today that you found interesting. I found it really interesting because you know we've had a couple of national people uh, just steal our material. Greg Amzinger (laughs) certainly at the top of the list. They're always listening. They're all. They're all around us. And uh, this morning, I jump on the old treadmill, going to get the engine purring a little bit before the, the workout begins, you know, get a little sweat on. Yeah. And i got the little TV that just pops on automatically, and so it's always on ESPN. And uh, first thing I see is, uh, do you see Kirk Cousins going to the New York Jets? Or could you see Kirk Cousins going to the New York Jets? I was like, the audacity of these sons of... <laughs> <laughs> We discussed that yesterday. Yeah, we literally discussed it. Like I know we're a you know an ESPN radio station, but you still shouldn't just steal from nah, us. Give us throw that copyright at us. Come on, yeah, yeah. So the national people were talking about it too, saying that quite honestly, they said that it would be a good fit. That the offense is very similar for Kirk Cousins. That it wouldn't take that long for him to get the playbook down, and then move on from Kirk Cousins in the offseason if Aaron Rodgers is healthy. Mm-hmm. And if Aaron Rodgers isn't healthy, you step up and you pay Kirk Cousins. That's what the, That was their thought about it. It's interesting. The two things that are working against that 
that idea is the two things that we talked about yesterday. Mm-hmm. Marsh, you had mentioned the fact that Justin Jefferson at least publicly has stated that he wants to play with Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. He's also in line for a new contract. Justin Jefferson is. So you want it, you want it, you definitely want to keep Jefferson. For sure. So that that's working against you. After they play the Chargers, you actually, you know what, this schedule as I'm looking at it. I have them two and five in the first seven weeks. I mean looking at the way they've played. It's the latter half of the schedule that That opens up. A little bit. Oh no, that's not wrong team. I'm thinking of um Yeah, who were we looking at yesterday? The Colts. The Colts had an easy schedule. Boy, the Vikings. I'm looking at this now. So you get the Chargers next week. Mm-hmm. Then you're at Carolina. Okay. But then you host Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey will play this week, by the way. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He's out twerking today on the field. Yeah, he was. At Chicago. For Taylor. He was. Which, no big deal. You got the Niners, the Packers. We'll see what the Falcons, Saint, Falcons and Saints are. But you could. You're right, Marshall. What did you say? Two and six? Two and five in the first seven weeks. I could see them. I could see them maybe beating the Chargers, and I, that would be a shootout type of game. Mm-hmm. I think you'll the, be at home. You'll be at home, and you know Brandon Staley is that head coach there, so you know anything's possible with with him at, at the helm. So I could see them maybe winning that game. They need it's a must win game. It's a must win game for them. But right now their offensive line stinks. Their defensive line stinks. They have good skill position players, but like you said, that's not how you build a winning team. Yeah, that's how you that's how you play in shootouts. It's how you play in shootouts. It worked last season. Right. It's not working so far this season. Yeah. You scored twenty eight points last night, but Against you turned the ball over four times. Yeah, on the road. Yeah, and on a short week. But when you put the ball on the ground four times, you can't stop the run. You, mm-hmm. Good luck. You're not going to win games, and they haven't protected Kirk Cousins yet. No, I was surprised that he actually threw for the amount of yards that he did in four yeah, he touchdowns. Had a, he had a, I mean, passing-wise, 364 yards yeah. in the air for Kirk Cousins. I mean, he almost got blown up when uh, he oh, found he K.J. Osborne. Osborne. Osborne yeah. He was wide open. Yep. But, my gosh, he, he couldn't catch the football last night either. There was four drops, I think, that the wide receivers had all night. So, you know, there's four more passing completions and maybe even more yards for him if the yeah. wide receivers can catch the football. Overall, the team itself is just, they're imploding on themselves. It's like watching the Cardinals play baseball. Oh, Marsh. Oh, wow. All offense, no there? defense. Is that what you're saying? Just little things. And those are the little things that bug me. We're going to do our NFL Week 2 Pick'em Challenge after the gauntlets. We'll hand out some picks a little bit later on, but we got a little bit of a gift this morning when we woke up and we saw that one member on the Rizzuto team chose the Vikings last night. What? Learn, pick the Vikings. We're up one point heading into Sunday. Wow. We're up one point heading into Sunday. I didn't even pick them to win. Well, you know, she had had a a hunch. Jamie had had a hunch in the Lions last week. It worked out for us. Yeah. She went with the Vikings last night. It wound up working against them, but yeah. We'll see, we'll see what happens as the year wears on. We're up one week on the Rizzuto show. My hunch, one though, with it being the Lions, I had Dan Campbell as a head coach. Yes. That's the bottom line. Yeah. That's the difference maker. Sure. Yeah, I don't – listen, the, the, I'm not here to debate mm. the the decision-making when it comes to the Thursday Night Football predictions. Mm. All I know is we're up one point heading into Sunday. Let's have another good week. Let's get up two points overall. And just bury these guys. Okay? All right. 
Awesome. Let's do it. NHL Central Division Preview. We're going to do another team next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. In about 30 minutes or so, end of the the end, end of the hour, Mike McKenna from Daily Faceoff, former goaltender, who released his rankings for every goaltender uh, in the NHL this year. He'll, he's going to join us to talk about the Blues goaltending tandem and the goaltending situations around the league. So looking forward to that. Jamie, you broke down the other day the Dallas Stars, one of the Central Division opponents for the Blues this season. Mm-hmm. Today... The Arizona Coyotes. The Arizona Coyotes. We know that the Coyotes are probably the uh, the team that is mismanaged and misrun. Oh, whoa, whoa, Anthony. Bad ownership doesn't mean mismanaged. That's what I mean. Bad ownership. Yeah. Because they've got pretty good guys in place now. Well, I know. As far as like the GM, Bill yeah. Armstrong just got a contract former, extension. Former Blues exec. Yep. Yeah, that's how yeah. I am. Some of the ownership. I'm just making sure it's black and white here, okay? They play in a in a college arena. Yeah, I mean it's a hell of a college arena. No but doubt. Nonetheless, a college arena. Yeah, mullet There's arena. A mullet arena, which is interesting, of course. All right, Coyotes finished in seventh place last season with seventy points. What stands out to you about the Yotes? Well, okay, so let's 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 do a little history dive here into the Coyotes in the last handful of years. Anthony, when you think about the Arizona Coyotes, you just brought it up. You talk about the the ownership, just be, it's been tumultuous from an ownership standpoint. They lost their arena. They're mm-hmm. playing in the college arena. They've been a team that takes on um, dead cap space just to get to the floor. And what I mean by that is basically retired players who will never play again. Uh, they go and trade for them so they can use their salaries to reach to the floor. Uh, like right now, you've got Jacob Voracek, uh, Shea Weber. Shea Weber still got three years on his deal. He retired. Heck, they had a whole night for him in Montreal. He's gone. This is the team that had Chris Pronger and Pavel Datsuk and Marion Hossa all in the same uh, roster. Mm-hmm. No, they were dead cap money. So this is what you think. I was like, oh, my gosh. Wow. This is where bad contracts go to die because the Coyotes will take them on just to get to the floor. That's pathetic. Yeah. Well, not so much this year. Not anymore. They've got they they only have about 3.9 million in cap space. Now they still have a lot of that dead money that's sitting there that they're using, okay? But nonetheless, they're not like scraping the bottom of the barrel. What they do have is they have a really good piece to build around, which is Clayton Keller. Mhm. Local kid here, St. Louis Blues, AAA hockey, you know, awesome player. He's really, I mean, he's really blossomed here in the last year and a half to two years. 86 points last year in 82 games on a Coyotes team that was not very good. He he obviously quarterbacks and spearheads the power play. Um, he's, he's your guy. He's your go-to guy. The other guy that they have, Nick Schmaltz, he had 58 points in 63 games. So not a big number. When you do the points per game, mm-hmm. he's pretty close. Um, and then they also have Lawson Krause. Lawson Krause is a mountain of a human being. 
a tough player, big body, scored 24 goals, 45 points, 77 games. These are the guys that you're thinking, okay, we build around these guys. Ordinarily, the Coyotes would fill out their roster with next to nobody. Mm -hmm. I mean, people you've never heard of almost playing just because, not that they're tanking, that's just kind of what the Coyotes have done. They flipped the script a little bit this offseason. And what I compare their transactions to is almost an expansion draft. Because, you know, the expansion draft, you kind of get people's, not cast-offs, but they're players that they're willing to part with. Well, the Coyotes went and added Matt Dumba on defense. We've known him for years, the Minnesota Wild. He's a competitive guy, bit of a down year last year. He's looking to reset his market uh, with the Coyotes. I believe he signed a one-year deal at 3.9, so that makes him unrestricted. So he's got all the motivation in the world to play good this year for the Coyotes. They also uh, went and signed Logan Cooley, who was one of their big prospects, played with the U.S. National Development Team. There was a spe- there was speculation that he would not sign, that he would stay with the team, the national team, uh, sorry, with the college team in Minnesota in order to kind of wade out the Coyotes. But they got him signed. So this is a big signing for the Coyotes. Then they went and signed a old friend of ours, Zach Sanford. It's not going to wow you, but you're going to get an NHL hockey player. So, okay, well, he's he's serviceable. Then they went and tr- signed Travis Dermott, defenseman, serviceable NHL defenseman. Alex Kerfoot, serviceable NHL forward. Jason Zucker, this guy's played many years in, in, in Minnesota and in Pittsburgh. He's another guy that you're like, okay. I mean, these are all like third-line type players, yeah. but they're all on one roster now. And they also signed Troy Stecker. He's kind of on a reclamation project here for himself, too. He's trying to reset the market for himself. He signed a one-year deal at $1.1 million. He'll be unrestricted after that. And then they signed Nick Bukestad as well. So all of these guys, you look at that, you're like, well, that's an expansion draft. But what the Coyotes have done is they've added all NHL talent. Not high-end. Yep. So it's kind of like the Cardinals when they add people to their rotation. Yeah, we got a lot of threes and fours and fives, right? I <laughs> ricochet. I did. I did get you an outfielder, the Giants from the Giants. Really? Not those Giants. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So when you look at the Arizona Coyotes and people think, man, they were terrible. Oh my gosh, right? They finished in seventh place, like you said, seventy points. Anthony. Their power play was 18.9%. Where do you think that ranked them of the 32 teams in the NHL? 32. 24th. Hmm. All right. Uh, The St. Louis Blues, 19.3 last year. So so. they were 22nd in the NHL in power play. So you see where I'm headed here, right? Like, you got all these guys, the cast-offs, but you did they weren't as bad as you thought or they were bad and now you're realizing just how bad things were for the Blues in particular Mm. on the power play let's go to the penalty kill the other side of the special teams here the Coyotes were 74.6 where do you think that landed them in the NHL last year say that again 74.6% penalty kill oh uh 17th 27th wow know where the Blues were what 30th. Oh. So 
this Arizona Coyotes team, all of this to say for me that this Coyotes team is going to be better than what people think. Are they going to be contending for a playoff spot? I don't think so. I don't think they have the goaltending. In fact, I'm really skeptical of the goaltending. But it's a team nonetheless that's going to, you can't sleep on them. There'll be many games this year where teams lose and go, how the hell did that happen? Mm -hmm. Well, because we had a bunch of mid players that went out there, played hard, and their coach, Andre Tourigny, he's a really good coach too. He's going to have these guys playing good systematic hockey. So they will surprise some people. This to me this year is like a, a fifth place team that if they even get hot in any kind of direction could really cause some headaches for some people. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, the Arizona Coyotes, although their arena is a laughing stock, this team is no longer a laughing stock. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter, Andrew Marsh. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN College Football Week 2 Storylines. How big of a game is it tomorrow at Faroe Field? We'll get into that among some other storylines for Week 3 next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Week three in college football had kicked off last night. A couple of games, but the the big matchups are tomorrow. But let's let's start locally here. How big of a game is it tomorrow at Furrow Field for the Mizzou Tigers? They welcome number fifteen Kansas State. Kansas State blew them out last year, but Kansas State really hadn't played anybody thus far. Good team, but untested. How big of just overall for Mizzou though? How big of a game is it? Oh, I think it's I think it's a massive game. Because if they're able to pull off the victory, then they'll most likely be 5-0 and heading into the LSU game. Yeah. And also from a morale standpoint for this Mizzou Tigers team, because the first two wins that they've had, albeit they're wins, they're 2-0, and which is great, but they haven't looked great. Mm-hmm. Those two wins haven't been impressive. They haven't looked, offensively, they haven't looked smooth at all or clean at all it's been woof so a win against k-state would be massive for the program right now Uh, where the flip side is if they get waxed could be a real bad one too i think this is the biggest game of eli drinkwitz's mizzou career quite frankly when you think when you think about what the where the program should be under him it should be improving there hasn't been a lot of signs, to your point, over the first two weeks that the team is much better offensively than they have been over the last few seasons. Defensively, I think the team is legit. They are fast, aggressive, athletic. I really like their front seven. They're going to be tested too, though. Which is kind of ironic, isn't it? You brought in Drink to be this offensive-minded guy, mm-hmm. and the defense is what right. is your strength right now. It It's weird. But it does happen. But I think when you look at this Mizzou, Mizzou team, I like the skill position players. I love the defense. But All your right. offensive line was an issue last year. The first two games, I think the offensive line at times were an issue. Your quarterback spot, you're not asking him to do a lot. I think this game is massive tomorrow. If they beat Kansas State, who ranks 15th in the nation right now. Oh, yeah. You beat Kansas State. The first two weeks, 
we'll put a cork in it. Now I'm talking about us here in the fast lane because we have been be a lot of people critical. Actually. We've been critical of Mizzou's offense the first two weeks, and some people have pushed back and said, "Well, you know, they're not opening it up." Okay, you can't do what you did the last two weeks against Kansas State and win a game. You can, to some degree, you can play a time of possession ball control offense. You can do that. You can do. You can do. You can have that sort of game. But I don't think that's what Mizzou plans on doing with their offense. This is not a team that's like, we're going to run the ball, play great defense, and we're, we're going to win every game 17-16. If you could show that you could do that consistently, I'll buy in a little bit. But I don't think they can do that without offensive line. You can't push. You can't push forward. So tomorrow I think is huge. You win that game. I'll come on these airways Monday and say, all right, there you go. Good. I'm in. Let's go. What's your prediction? I think Kansas State wins a close game. I think I think Mizzou keeps it close because of the defense, and Brady Cook has yet to turn the ball over. Fair enough. And if you do that, you're going to give yourself a chance. So, I, but I still I still have Kansas State winning set by seven points. What's the line on this? I think I heard it's like four. It's, it keeps dipping. Kansas State opened at four and a half. Now it's three and a half. Interesting. Which would indicate that some sharper betters are on Mizzou. It's back yeah. up to four right now. Actually, Kansas State and the look ahead line opened at six, and now it's down to four. But, I always caution when I see that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm always like, well, why? Here's your. Yeah. I mean, it's not a massive jump, but that's still college football. That's a jump. If these sharps have an have any sort of angle, whether it's maybe a matchup that we're not looking at, maybe it's a coordinator matchup that. You know, we're not privy to. Maybe it's an injury or something that they'll jump on a line and drive it down. But otherwise, we don't know. We don't know why the line moved. But Will Howard for Kansas State is a stud. He's their quarterback. And def- and their defensive line will shut down Mizzou's running, rushing attack. You're going to have to throw the ball. And they have yet to do that thus, thus far the first two weeks. But big test comes tomorrow for Oil Field, 11 o'clock, and it's sold out. So Mizzou That's faithful awesome. going to be out in, Good. in full force. Moving on. Yeah. Week three in college football. Which of these ranked teams do you think should be on upset watch this weekend? Number 14, LSU, who goes to Mississippi State. The aforementioned number 15, Kansas State, who goes to Missouri. Number 20, North Carolina, who will host Minnesota. Number 11, Tennessee, who's at Florida. Or number nine, Notre Dame, who hosts Central Michigan. (laughs) (laughs) Fire up chips. Fire up chips, baby. Yeah. uh, Wow. Fire them up, all right. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's the game. No. No. Notre Dame's only uh, only favored by 34 and a half points. Yeah. Over my alma mater. Well, I'd I'd bet the game. I'd bet it. Not as a pick (laughs) I think, (laughs) I mean, that's a big freaking spread. That's a big spread. I'd bet that one uh, just because... Mistakes happen, uh-huh. you know. Uh, Notre Dame will fall asleep for a quarter, or, or something. they whatever. <laughs> Second string quarterback gets some reps, mm-hmm. or I don't know. You never know. So I, I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know a lot about some of these underdog teams, like Mississippi State. I don't know if that's an upset alert for LSU. I think LSU is going to be pretty ticked off still. Yeah, they've got a loss on their record. I see that. I see that being a bloodbath. I have K-State over Mizzou. 
uh, as a pick. So I, I don't see that as the upset. I certainly don't see Florida taking out Tennessee. I don't either. Um, and what other one? North Carolina was your other one? Yeah, North Carolina, Minnesota. Minnesota is always Minnesota's that team that's always just a little bit better than you thought they were. Yeah, that's a good way. That's a good way to put it. And so that would be my upset alert one, just because it's that team. It's like, oh, that's a hockey school. You just go to play hockey. You don't worry about football. And then you look at the scoreboard and you look at the standings. You go, how the hell that happened? Yeah. So that that would be the one I would circle. That was the one I circled as well because North Carolina they. They have taken care of business the first two weeks. They beat South Carolina. They beat Appalachian State. But they really haven't aired it out under Drake May yet. And Drake May is going to be somebody that is likely to be a top 10 pick, top 5 probably, coming off the board. But he he really hasn't lit it up yet. Minnesota, you know, 2-0. and They only faced Nebraska and Eastern Michigan. And they didn't look necessarily sharp in either. But I think with the way that North Carolina is playing offensively, I wonder if Minnesota can kind of keep it close. The real answer is probably Kansas State because this line doesn't make sense. We 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 just pick Kansas State. I do think the game is going to be close. I think Kansas State probably should should be the one that's on that's on upside watch. There's something fishy what was about the score that line. last year. Last year was a forty-one to thirteen or something. Forty-five thirteen. So with Kansas State ranked fifteenth in the nation right now, Mizzou unranked. Mm-hmm. What makes you think this is an upset alert? Like, really, based on what you've seen from Mizzou, where yeah. they're ranked, all these things. Now, I, I would love to see it. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see Mizzou beat them. The, the upset would be fantastic. Packed house, all that stuff. The yeah. story's fantastic. But what are you what, like? What are you seeing that would make this an upset? Well, okay, so to be fair, the, the, thing, the thing that we have criticized for Mizzou is what? We've only criticized one thing, really. The, the offense. offense. The offense or the passing game quarterback because they, they've been able to run the ball and they've got skill position players i mean luther burden can turn it up at any point and make it make it make things interesting he's an explosive play you waiting to happen you do and you got to get on the ball you know beyond the line of scrimmage which yeah. they haven't so i've i've been critical about mizzou's offense i've stated several times out the defense i think is legit i think they're going to get after will howard and if you play good defense and you can run the ball a little bit and not turn the ball over you're going to be close but if you lack explosive plays, I mean, if you look at like the service academy teams, they've been more explosive than Mizzou. You look at some of these lower ranked, I mean, just, you know, the, the bottom feeders in college football, they've been more explosive than Mizzou. That is my criticism thus far. But the, the team overall, they've got elements. I think yeah. that's what's frustrating. So you're, you're really going to... You're really going to sacrifice a good defense and sacrifice these skills, skill position players led by Luke DeBurden because you're afraid to throw anything longer than a smoke screen? That has been my criticism. Maybe things will be different tomorrow at Frofield. All right, I got a couple other college football questions, but we do have to get to Mike McKenna, former goaltender in the NHL. He writes for the Daily Faceoff. He ranked all of the goalie tandems in the National Hockey League. Where does he have the Blues? Why does he have them there? We'll ask Mike next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
With former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. We head to our 101 ESPN celebrity line, and we're joined by Mike McKenna, for former goaltender in the NHL, now writing for the Daily Faceoff. What's up, Mike? Well, definitely not a celebrity, but I appreciate you having me on. And all we need is a forward to round it out between Rivon D and my goal. So, hey. Anthony, you're going to play up front for us. Yeah, that's – hey, listen, Mike, I'm going to get my ass kicked repeatedly, but you're going to see the best sure. effort that you're ever going to see, man. <laughs> Out of anybody. That's all we can ask for. Try hard, <laughs> have fun. <laughs> Anthony's definitely uh, an off the glass and out guy. Yes. Honestly, Mike, he's been trying to push a clear it camp with Synergy Hockey where kids just shoot the puck down the ice. I told him that's not what we're doing around here, but I do like the fact that he's dedicated to the cause. It's so funny, man. We used to have, uh, when I was in the Devils organization, Jacques LaPerriere, who played with the Canadians forever, he'd show up and he was about 70 years old and he'd get out there with the D. And all he would do is put pucks at about the dot and just say, if you're in trouble, put it off the window. And he had that French Canadian accent. That's all it was. Off the glass and out. Off the glass and out. Simple hockey. Just get it out. Exactly. I love it. All right, Mike, the blue season uh, rapidly approaching all the NHL for that matter. But keeping it here locally, look, last year was not a great year for the Blues overall. And one of the guys that I think felt a lot of the the brunt of that was Jordan Bennington. I'm of the I'm of the opinion that it wasn't as bad as it seemed. I think that he was hung out to dry a lot on on, on certain goals and and certainly the inner slot shots and backdoor tap ins. But what do you foresee here for Jordan Bennington moving into this season? What did you see last year that you didn't like, and what do you expect from him this year? Yeah, I have a similar take, Riv. I I think that if you look objectively at what Bennington did last year, I mean, there were highs and lows, but you're behind a team that just simply wasn't able to play defense consistently all season long. Um, I think for me, looking at this season, I, I think it kind of boils down to this for Bennington. Is he going to be remembered more for saves than outbursts this year? And and I don't think this is actually a core part of his game. Like I think that it gets magnified when he has a freak out on the ice. I think he's a good NHL goalie. We've seen it before. I mean, he's, he can get hot and be uh, a Stanley Cup winner. I just think that with a revamp um, in front of him, Bennington will be able to, number one, hopefully um, not have to do too much and try to do too much, but two, just have some rhythm. I think last year he probably played too many games. He was, he, he was in the net for 61, which is a high watermark for him in his career. I think with Joel Hofer coming in, I think Hofer's set to play some games this year. I like that kid. I think he's a great prospect, and I think that will help Bennington. To me, Bennington's best hockey has been when he's been more of a tandem role, 40 games, 50 games, like he had with Jake Allen, Billy Huso. Um, so I think a little bit less load and a better team in front of him that should help Bennington. I think he should be able to rebound this year. Mike McKenna joining us right now on the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Played in the NHL. He's a goaltender. As a goaltender, he writes for the Daily Faceoff uh, right now. It's fast lane on 101 ESPN. Mike, you had mentioned the the defense in front of Jordan Bennington. Uh, you being a former goaltender yourself, you, you know about it. Besides, of course, clearing the puck out of the zone. Uh, what are the what are the ways can, did did the defense either help or hurt Bennington last year, specifically the Blues? Yeah, well, it's easy to focus on just the six players that are playing on the blue line, you know, and I think I'm hopefully going to defend Riv and the decor here a little bit and that it's a team game. And the thing that bothered me when I'd watched the Blues was that, man, the other team could get through the neutral zone really well. And it was the sheer number of odd man rushes that were coming the other direction. Teams able to attack in waves against the Blues. 
Um, and, and if they don't score in that first rush, you're still scrambling once it's in your zone. It's that secondary chance after that. So um, I think that more so than the personnel, I mean, it'd be easy to just say, well, if they could have completed a trade here or there, it would fix everything. I, I really believe it starts with what the high forward does in the offensive zone when a turnover happens, how the team clogs up the neutral zone to keep the opposition from coming into their zone as much as they can. And from that point, it really is in front of the net, the simple stuff, tying up sticks. It's not as much about moving players out anymore as it is keeping them from being able to get a secondary or a third opportunity. So for me, let's lessen these odd man rushes through the neutral zone, try to be tighter in the middle of the ice, keep things to the outside like the Golden Knights did. They won the Stanley Cup this year because they had the best defense in the NHL. They kept shots to the outside. They packed the middle. That would really help Bennington and Hofer in the goal. All right, Mike, you've got a piece right now at the Daily Faceoff where you rank the goaltending tandems in the NHL. And you've got the St. Louis Blues ranked 21st in the National Hockey League. Just diving behind the curtain a little bit, you know, what are some of the things that you dove into here in order to get this ranking for the Blues? You know, for me, when I do tandem rankings, it's about who do you feel most comfortable with when you go into the season? So at my top of this, I've got Ilya Sorokin, Semyon Varlamov with the New York Islanders. Both guys have been 915, 920 save percentage goalies. Um, And you can kind of go through the top 10 on my list at least and go, yeah, those guys are pretty solid. Like even the backup goalies for those teams are really good or the number one just plays so often it doesn't matter. And for me, the Blues, I had them lower at 21 just because no way around it. Bennington needs a rebound here. And you really don't know what you have with Joel Hofer. I've watched him play extensively. I've seen his American League games. I've seen what he did at the NHL level. I think Hofer's high end is really good. He's a great technical goaltender. Fans are going to love that he doesn't lose his crease. Um, He's pretty steady. But you just don't know until you get a full season worth. So when you couple that, I mean, I think the Blues could easily rise into the top 10 if both of their goaltenders perform. But if it's only one of them that's pulling the mail, it's tough to be in the top half of the league. And that's what I base it on. They're surrounded by the L.A. Kings, who have a very known commodity in Cam Talbot. Phoenix Copley, who played great last season. Team below the Blues, Karel Vimelka and Connor Ingram of the Arizona Coyotes. Well, the Coyotes aren't any good and haven't been any good, so it's tough to rate them. So I'm looking for the Blues to rebound if they're going to climb in those rankings. Hey, Mike, uh, you know, you kind of talked about some of the teams that were around the Blues in your rankings. What about the goaltending group in the Central Division? Where where do you see the Blues tandem with Bennington and Hofer uh, in comparison to the, the rest of the Central Division? Well, it's going to matter this year, too. I mean, I think the Central is going to be tough to win. They're tough to even, you know, make the Stanley Cup playoffs this year. I think the middle is pretty open. Um, Colorado, Dallas, they're the class of the division right now, but you're going to have the Wild Jets, Preds, Blues. Man, I think those four teams are going to be battling it out for that, either the wild card card slot or um, one of the initial playoff positions. And, yeah, I mean, even Arizona could be better this year. So Hellebuck in Winnipeg, if he ends up being in Winnipeg, there's a chance he may get traded. But if he's there, Winnipeg's rock solid, top in in the division. I love Ottinger in Dallas. I think he's a top five goalie. He's a minute muncher. Georgiev has played really well in Colorado, but Georgiev really doesn't have anybody behind him right now. So Saros, he's a top guy as well. The goaltending in the Central Division is just about as good as any in the NHL, save for maybe the Metro, because in the Metro you've got Shostakhin with the Rangers, Sorokin with the uh, with the Islanders. 
three-headed monster in Carolina. So what it really comes down to is your goalie is not going to steal many games for you in the Central. You need a good team defense in front of them and be able to score because you're going to be going up against a Connor Hellebuck. And even Philip Gustafson in Minnesota last year was phenomenal. So it's a really strong goaltending division, which places even more emphasis on the team game. Now, Mike, you touched on this just a little bit earlier, but in your opinion, uh, what is the optimal amount of games here in the split between Bennington and Hofer? Because I, you, I, I believe that you're correct. I think that fewer games for him this year will be a necessity for the St. Louis Blues. I'm just wondering if it's a 50-32, if it's you know more of a 50-50 split. I'm not sure. I think it's split on who's playing the best. And and I know that that's the typical hot hand answer. This guy's hot. He's winning games. Put him in the net. Well, I think it, I think Craig Berube's got to ride that this year. If he does feel um, a little bit into the season that Hofer's grabbing the net, let him run with it. But if things work out the way that they should, if Jordan Bennington is still the number one all season long, Riv, I would like to see it closer to a 50-32 split. I think that that's a really optimal level for Bennington, playing about two out of three games. Um, saw that, I give it a reference point again. That team in Vegas was rolling their goalies out two out of every three. Carolina, two out of every three. Boston, when they had a ton of success with Tuka Rask and, um, and, and Yarrow Halak back in, a couple of years ago, two out of three. That seems to be where Bennington really plays his best. So somewhere between 45, 50 games, maybe at the very top end, 53 or four. And it's also because I want to see Hofer develop. I want to see what he can do and be able to give him an opportunity to potentially run with it if he's playing well enough. That's Mike McKenna. Give him a, a look at the Daily Faceoff, his latest article, ranking every NHL goaltender for the in the tandem for 2023 and 2024 mike great stuff man love having you on the show we'll uh, we'll circle back with you at some point that was awesome i appreciate it guys always a pleasure um talk to you soon thanks for having me it's our right. pleasure thanks, thanks mike. mike appreciate you all right mike mccann good stuff there uh from from mike yeah, i and, love the breakdown uh, so great. do i and i love what he was saying too i mean he's absolutely right something you you had talked about jamie uh from his perspective being a goaltender yours from a, a defensive defensive player former defenseman he he saw the same thing you did in terms of the neutral zone yeah, yeah. And, and the Blues losing control of the neutral zone, and then you got those odd man rushes. And now, and I thought what he did, what he said too. Okay, even if you don't score off the rush, you still got those secondary opportunities because you're out of position. Mm-hmm. So great breakdown from Mike. We have the gauntlet, and we need a new gauntlet contestant. Are we all set? We're all set. Okay, gauntlet next. I want to win ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. Time for the gauntlet here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN, where it's 402. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler, Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsham, Anthony Stalter. We welcome in Jim. What's up, Jim? Hey, what's up, guys? Are you a gauntlet rookie? Yes, I am. First timer. Nice. Well, welcome in. Congratulations for making it into the gauntlet. Would you like to take on Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers, or, or me today? Man, I think I was talking about it all day. I'm going for Rivers, baby. Wow. Yo, I'm going with the big Ooh, dog. I Jim, like it. What did I do to you? 
Oh, you know, to, to be the best, you got to beat the best. Oh, <laughs> all right, I'll take it. I like all Jim. Right. I like his passion, his energy. Jim, Jim, get the hell out of here. I know, it's great. All right, Jim, good luck, buddy. <laughs> all right. Awesome, thank you. Jamie's going to make his way into the cone of silence. Jim, tell Marsha to spin that wheel. Spin that wheel, Marshy. All right, Jimbo, what are we hoping for here, man? Well, I, I'm pretty sure hockey's going to turn up, so... Let's go hockey. Might as well do it, right? Dude, you, you nailed it. I mean, it, this, the arrow, Marsh, can you describe where the arrow landed? It, er, the arrow landed right in the middle of hockey. Like dead, Sometimes dead it's net. like, you know, a little bit off of what, you know, like somebody <laughs> would want. I mean, it was this center cut. Center cut, right down the middle. Oh. Two strikes, see you later. <laughs> so hockey it is. I like Jim. I like Jim's bravado. He called out Jamie. He stayed. He wanted hockey, and the uh, the wheel obliged. So, four questions for Jamie. Four questions for Jim. Each question is worth two points, unless Jim or Jamie ask for the options. If they ask for the options, those questions are worth one point. Jim, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Here we go. Blue Stanley Cup champion Michael Delzato recently announced his retirement. He played for eight different teams in his NHL career. Which team did he play the most games for? Uh, the Rangers. Final answer? Final answer. Question number two. How many goals did Sammy Blay score in two seasons as a New York Ranger? Oh, man. Uh, options. Was it zero, one, or two? I got to go with zero. Final answer? Final answer. All right, Jim, question three. Sammy Blay, Pavel Buchnevich, and which other current blue are the only players on the Blues roster who were former Rangers? Boy, we have a Ranger theme today. Yeah, what's going on here? So Sammy yeah, Blay, uh, Pavel uh, Buchnevich, and which other current blue are the only blue are are the only players on the Blues current roster who were Rangers? Oh man. Uh options. Malcolm Subban. Callie Rosen, Kevin Hayes. Callie Rosen. Final answer? Final answer. Final answer. Question number four, Brandon Saad, and which other Blues forward are the only Blues forwards to have won multiple Stanley Cups? Uh, options. Is it Jakub Verana, Nathan Walker, or Oscar Sundquist? After Sunquist, final answer. All right, let's bring back Jamie from the Cone of Silence. Jim, first time in the gauntlet. How do you feel? Oh, man, I don't know. Probably not good. <laughs> not good with Jamie. <laughs> All right, well, Jamie is putting on his headphones right now. So, Jim, you hold off on any other commentary. All right, how my guy Jim do? Well, Jamie, you better pack that lunch, kid. What? Really? Better pack that lunch. Yeah, I like that. I like a challenge, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie. Yeah. Your category. Can't wait. Is hockey. Really? Yes. <laughs> it is hockey. Now you're messing with me. Jim said, hey, uh, you know, because we asked, what, what, what category are you looking for? And he said, you know what? Wheel's going to spin hockey. Let's go. Jim wanted hockey? Hey, he said, if you want to beat the best. Oh. Yep. You know, you did, gotta, did Jim, Jim still want hockey? Be the best? Jim's, <laughs> not bad. Jim's not backing down. Now, he he might be, you know, six beers deep right now on a Friday, 
uh, and feeling overconfident. I don't know, but I like Jim. I, I like care. the cut. I like the cut of his jib. And uh, let's go. Are you ready, Jamie? He's in a judge-free zone here. Anthony. Yes, he is. Damn right he is. All right. Question one, yeah. Jamie. Blue Stanley Cup champion Michael Delzato yeah. recently announced his retirement. Yeah. He played for eight different teams in his NHL oh, career. God. Which team did he play the most games for? Uh, I'm not even going to take the options because the silliness. I'm trying to think. The New York Rangers? It wasn't the Blues, I'll tell you that much. It wasn't the Senators. Um, played with... Mm. I'm going to just go with the gut. I think it's New York Rangers. Final answer. Question two. How many goals did Sammy Blay score in two seasons as a New York Ranger? Yeah, in two seasons as a New York Ranger. Hmm. Zero. Final answer. Sammy Blay, Pavel Buchnevich, and which other current blue are the only players on the Blues' current roster who were, let's go Rangers, former Rangers? Kevin Hayes, final answer. And question number four, Brandon Saad, and which other Blues forward are the only Blues forwards to have won multiple Stanley Cups? Okay. Uh, let's go through this really quickly here. Multiple Stanley Cups. Hmm. wonder if, was Sonny part of that team in Pittsburgh? Hang on to that thought. Kevin Hayes doesn't have one. Verona. He may have gotten one in Washington. I don't know if it's multiple. I know I'm doing the Randy character here right now. It's forwards only, right? Forwards only. Wow. Okay. Booch, Thomas, Cairo, no. Um, Shen, Saad, Neighbors. Who am I missing? You know what? I'll take the options because I think the options will eliminate players for me. Your options are Jakub Verana, Nathan Walker, or Oscar Sundquist. I think it's Oscar Sundquist. He had one in Pittsburgh. Final answer. All right, let's go over these. Jim versus Jamie today. Brandon Sod and which other Blues forward are the only Blues forwards to have won multiple Stanley Cups? Jim, you went with Oscar Sundquist. Jamie, you went with Oscar Sundquist. Correct answer is... It is indeed Sonny. Both of you used the options. Oh. So we have a 1-1 tie between Jamie and Jim today. Blue Stanley Cup champion Michael Delzato recently announced his retirement. He played for eight different teams in his NHL career. Which team did he play the most games for? Jamie, you went with the New York Rangers. Jim, you went with the New York Rangers. Wow. Correct answer is? The New York Rangers. But neither of you needed the options on that. So nice job, guys. We have a 3-3 tie between Jim and Jamie. How many goals did Sammy Blay score in two seasons as a New York Ranger? Jim, you went with zero. Jamie, you went with zero. Holy crap. Correct answer is? It is zero. Jim did use the options on this one. So Jamie is a one-point lead over Jim. 
Final question. Both of you have different answers. Sammy Blay, Pavel Buchnevich, and which other current Blue are the only players on the Blues' current roster who are former Rangers? Jamie, you said Kevin Hayes. Jim, you went with Callie Rosen. Now, Jim did use the options. So if it's Callie Rosen, we're going to a walk-off. If it's Kevin Hayes or Malcolm Subban, was the other option. Jamie wins today. Jim. You have chosen poorly. You lose. Correct answer is Kevin Hayes. It is Kevin Hayes. Jim, hell of an effort, man. You scored four points. You got three out of the four right. But Jamie was on one today. He scored seven when it was all said and done. Seven four. Honorable fight, though, Jim. Great job, Jim. Hey, thanks, guys. It was an honor. Well done, man. Hey, have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. We hope you call back again. Awesome. Appreciate it, guys. Jim, I want you to go home tonight, uh, right now, and I want you to celebrate like you won today. All right? (laughs) Definitely. Attaboy. Good job. Have a great weekend, buddy. I appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. Thanks, man. See ya. Boy, I like Jim. I like Jim a lot. Yeah. Great energy, good passion. Mm-hmm. Like he was just having fun. For sure. You gotta love that. I, I thought he was great. And you had to go and beat him. Yeah. You can't throw one for for Jim? No, mm. he said he wanted to beat the best. You gotta be the best to beat the best. Well, yeah. if, if I lay up then, does that do him like now he's like, Dad, did I really beat the guy I wanted mm. to? Because he you know, he laid down. That's true. I I'm sorry. My emotions get the best of me there. I just uh like I said, I really like oh, You know, not all of us mail it in, Anthony. Seriously. I mailed it right into a victory yesterday, though. Yeah, Am that's I right? The, yeah, that is the worst thing that's ever happened. Am I right? I haven't received so much crap from two guys after getting every question right in the gauntlet, more so than you guys. Now, granted, you're also my show mate, so I don't know who else would give me crap uh, for getting every question right. But nonetheless, the attitudes from you guys recently with the gauntlet, I think is just despicable. Well, your body language sucked. Uh, and then you went and just mailed it in and just happened to luck out this time. People don't usually get rewarded just for mailing it in and half-assing it through life, Anthony. So that's why I'm upset, is you're better than that. You're better than what you showed yesterday. Even though you won, you know it was like the the House of Cards win, right? Like, oh, it's a big win. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. Truly, it's not. I know you'll be better in the future, and I know you're a competitive guy, and I know that's not who you are. Jamie's going to clean up his attitude. Then we're going to hand out some NFL Week 2 picks next on ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Get ready to pick up. It's the Fast Lane Football Pick'em Challenge on 101 ESPN. Refreshed by Bud Light. Boy, you sure know how to pick them. Fastlane already up 1-0 in the Rizzuto Show Fastlane Pick'em Challenge. That's because Learn took the Vikings last night, rolled the dice. I like the I like the risk. I like being up 1-0 better, though. So they're down 1-0 in the overall season standings, and they're also down 1-0 in 
in the week two standings. But week two, there's a couple of games here that could could trip people up. All right, let's start out here. My blowout special last week was Minnesota over Tampa. I whiffed on that one. <laughs> what is your guys' blowout special this week? Oh, boy. Um, Blowout special here. Got to win by two plus touchdowns. Yeah, I know. I'm ha- I'm having a hard time finding one because all the crappy teams are playing each other. That's true. <laughs> the Giants, I know they'll rebound, but they're playing the Cardinals. And then the Texans are playing the Colts. So when you're looking at bottom feeders, you know, it's kind of up in the air. Washington's playing Denver. So I just don't know. I, I could see Buffalo beating the wheels off of the Raiders. So you call it? Uh, sure. <laughs> sure. Marsh. Yeah, I'm going with the Dallas Cowboys over the New York Jets. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Marshy. I think it's going to be can I, a two can score game. Can I get game. a take back? Yeah. I'm going to go with Marshies. Go ahead, Andrew. Yeah, two score game. I'm assuming that's what you mean by a blowout. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the defense for New York probably comes up with a few few turnovers, but I think at the end of the day, uh, Zach the day. Wilson is not going to be enough for the Jets to actually put points on the board. So I think Dallas ends up winning by at least two scores. I'm going to go with the Giants over the Cardinals. I think the Giants bounce back big time. I don't think the Giants are a playoff team. I don't think the Giants are overly impressive. But I know Arizona, which gave it all it had against Washington last week. Arizona's not a good roster at all. I no. think the Giants could could roll them. Like, they're going to get all their anger out in one one Sunday. They're going to run play the hell out of that curve. Yeah, yeah, they are. So the Giants are my blowout special. What is your upset special this weekend? I got mine. Go ahead. Baltimore. Baltimore's a three-point dog in Cincinnati. That's weird. Baltimore, defensively, they're banged up, but they've also, they're sch- scheme-wise, they have held Joe Burrow in check. In 2021, he kind of took it to him a couple of times, but they played each other three times last year. The Bengals won two of those three games. But both of those games that they won were games that Huntley started, not Lamar. It didn't look pretty last week. It was sloppy. But Mark Andrews is expected back this week. I think that the Ravens, in a very close divisional game, upset Cincinnati, who, again, starts starts out of the gate slow. So, so the Ravens I, are mine. I have two that I'm kind of bouncing between. What's the line right now, Anthony, currently on the Jacksonville Chiefs game? The Jaguars are a three and a half point dog. That's home dog. I was looking at that, but then I look back down to the bottom of what I'm looking at here. And the Patriots always play the Dolphins very well. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Uncle Bill is going to have something up his sleeve here where Tua is going to be forced to do something that he doesn't want to do. I guarantee Bill doesn't let Tyreek Hill run all over the field like that. No. So (laughs) this Miami team has not been challenged yet. Mm. And I think Bill Belichick is the right guy to do that. So that is where I'm going to go. I'm going to go Patriots over Dolphins. I kind of like that play. I'm going with the Las Vegas Raiders to upset the Bills. They are an eight-and-a-half-point dog. I think that the familiar foes of the New England Patriots, uh, former New England Patriots, continue to defeat the Buffalo Bills. Just haunting their dreams. Just haunting them. All right. 
That, that would be an upset, that's for sure. I think that's the largest point spread, in fact. What game is absolutely giving you nightmares this weekend? My nightmare game last week was was Browns and Bengals. I had the Bengals on, and I just kept, the gut just kept saying Browns, and I switched it on Sunday. I happened to be right, but what's the game that's, that's giving you nightmares? I've got two. Okay. Uh, I've got the Atlanta Green Bay game. Yeah. I feel like these are two very evenly matched teams. Mm-hmm. That given the opportunity, I could talk myself into either team. Uh, the other one uh, that I've got here, I just had it. Where the heck is it? Baltimore and the Bengals. I think that you know, you look at it on the surface, you're like, okay, Baltimore is a dog on this one. Joe Burrow wasn't playing well, but what if Joe Burrow has a great game? Mm-hmm. What if they bounce back? What if Lamar doesn't have a great game? But then, well, hey, what about if Lamar and that offense get going <laughs> and this Bengals team is really what we saw? Maybe that's who they really are. Yeah. See how this game goes on in my head? Yes. I've been there. Yeah. I'm, so, there. I'm there on another game. I think that's my game. Mm-hmm. Just because both teams have such star power at the quarterback position that I'm just like, who the hell do you go with? Yeah. Marsh? Mine is the Denver Broncos and Washington Commanders game. I have <laughs> zero clue game. who's going to win that game. I picked the Broncos because they're at home. Yeah. I actually like the Broncos a lot in that game. I don't think Washington goes into Denver in that spot after what they did last week, nearly losing Arizona. I know Denver stinks, but Sean Payton, I think, is going to come up with a decent game plan against that specific defense. With, uh, led by Jack Del Rio. I think Denver's going to be fine. The game that I am just, it, it's going to keep me up at night, and I, I don't know if I'm going to flip, Dolphins-Patriots. I really like your pick, Jamie, with the Patriots. I've been high on the Dolphins, but Belichick, is, like you said, is not going to allow Tyreek Hill to run scot-free in their secondary. Chuck Pagano, former head coach in the league, was on with, uh, with one of the ESPN shows yesterday. He goes, I would have been fired had I put that defensive game plan out on Sunday against Tyreek Hill. Most defensive coordinators probably would have been fired. But can they? Can anybody even keep up with them? Like you can put certain guys in certain situations on the field. He's he's faster than everybody. You for you, but you have to force even a Jalen Waddle, who's very good too, to beat you, or Barrios to beat you. You have to say this guy. Is not going. We don't care if the he gets Buccaneers seven did catches. It in the Super Bowl to him. Yes, I, I know the Chiefs' gets... offensive line was decimated, but still they but took still, out, they took Tyreek out of the game. I guarantee you they weren't one on one with him. No. All right, moving forward here. What's your pick for Green Bay, Atlanta, Marsh? I have Green Bay winning. Jamie, I currently, currently is the key word. Have Green Bay winning. I took the Falcons. No big deal. Well, you know I love Green Bay too this year. No, this is terrible for you. This is a real Stalter's choice. Son of a... <laughs> We're going to find out how good Green Bay's run defense is. I like their defense, but if you can beat them, that's that's the area. And as we know, Atlanta's going to run the ball consistently. So I got the Falcons. I took the Ravens over the Bengals. Jamie? I also took the Ravens Marsh, over the Bengals. Marsh? I have the Ravens as well. I got the Lions over the Seahawks. I, too, have the Lions over the Seahawks. I, three, have the Lions over the Seahawks. This is another coin flip for me. I, I did take the Texans in their home debut under D'Amico Ryans over the Colts. I did not. I could flip, but right for right now, I got the Texans. I went with the Colts. Colts? I went with the Colts as well. That line is at one. <laughs> it's a pick em. It is. Chiefs-Jaguars. I took Kansas City to bounce back. Yeah, me too. I, I think it's going to be a great game. Travis though. Kelsey coming back to the lineup. 
Mahomes is going to move the ball around, going to get it to Kelsey a lot. Mm -hmm. I I think this is a Chiefs victory. Andy Reid coming off a bye is pure money. He's not he's not coming off a bye, but he is coming off a couple of extra days of, of preparation. I think that could be could be the difference. I got the Bucks over the Bears. Hang on, Marshy didn't tell us his Chiefs pick. Oh, sorry, Marsh. Go ahead. Uh, I had Jacksonville at first. I switched because Travis Kelsey is back. Uh, Jacksonville, although they look good in Indianapolis, they didn't look great. And I think, like what you guys said, I think the Chiefs bounce back. All right. Uh, I got the Bucks over the Bears. I also have the Bucks over the Bears. And a lot of things that I'm hearing coming out of Tampa and reading their local stuff is that, like, Shaky Bakey's doing pretty good. Hmm. They they understand his limitations, but that they also have been pretty uh, satisfied so far with the way he's been able to lead on the field, and that guys are like they're pulling for him. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he's a you know it's not like a he's star. Not the court. answer. No, he's not the answer. Yeah. But he may not ultimately be like the problem mm-hmm. either. So I got the Bucks. I have the Buccaneers as well. Uh, all right, real quick, Chargers Titans. I got Chargers. 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 I got the Bills over the Raiders. Marsh, you said the Raiders are your upset special. Mm -hmm. Jamie? I got the Bills. Giants are my upset, or not my upset, my blowout special over the Cardinals. I got the Giants. 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 I got the Niners over the Rams. Yes. Yes. I got the Cowboys over the Jets. I know you guys do too. That's your Mm -hmm. blowout special. I got the Broncos. I I described my liking about the Broncos. I don't think think Washington goes into Denver and beats them. So I got the Broncos. I got the Broncos. I, I do too. As of right now, I have the Dolphins, but I might flip to the Patriots before Sunday night. I, I love the Patriots. Obviously, they're my firstborn, but I, I went with the Dolphins. I still think they're too much. I like the Dolphins. The Patriots do well against Miami mm-hmm. in Miami. Interesting. They're in New England. I got the Saints over the Panthers on, on the first Monday night. Yep. I do. I have the Saints as well. And I'm going to take the Steelers over the Browns. I did not. Mm. I'm believing what I saw out of Cleveland, and I think that they're just going to keep getting better. I got the Browns. I have the Browns as well on Monday Night Football. All right, there you have it. NFL Week 2 Pick'em. Started last night. Again, we're up 1-0 on the, in the season standings. 1-0 for Week 2 over the Rizzuto Show. We have the Sports Six-Pack next. If you got a question for us, send it in. 314-399-9646 is the Air Comfort Service tax line. Again, Sports Six-Pack next in the Fast Lane. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's. Your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years. All right, time for the Sports Six Pack here in the Fast Lane. Go ahead, Marsh. Question number one. All right, guys, from the 314, did you happen to see John Mozeliak's comments when he met with the media today? I've seen a few of them. Yes. Yes. Yep. Um, if for those that didn't, I'll read them real quickly. John Mo- uh, Derek Gould tweeting out at D Gould that John Mozeliak says he wants. Ali Mormel back at manager for 2024, which is the final year of his current contract. Mo adds he expects changes to, to Major League staff. When asked by the Post-Dispatch if that meant natural churn or reflection of standings record, he said churn. But change is coming to the organization. 
Marmel said, I've been happy with my staff. Later suggesting there could be areas to augment the staff, even add to it. One possibility, building building out their game planning staff and analytics liaison, for example. And then Gould also tweeting out that Hall of Famer Jason Isringhausen is he, is he, is he, is he, is joining the big league staff for this homestand. He'll be in the dugout, at least for some of the games. Was a lot quick to point out that all baseball ops is under the microscope for what changes need to take place the following this year. There's going to be movement in development where the staff alone isn't the size of other leading contenders. We've been saying it for a couple of years now. When we talked about this team, you know, adding, adding, we've alluded several times it's not just players. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have to add more coaching, more development analytical liaison Mm -hmm. basically i get that that's a translator (laughs) so where the players like what the hell are you even talking to me about hang on i'll tell you this is what it means (laughs) oh okay so yes communication if the cardinals aren't up there with the top teams in the league as far as their amount of staff or people in in certain areas then they got to catch up they have to catch up and i absolutely love jason isringhausen in the dugout yeah, me too. I, no, I love it for so many reasons. One, uh, there's nothing he hasn't seen, first of all. He's been there, done that. He's got a great personality. He's a big, burly dude that you're not going to cross mm-hmm. at any point. And maybe it's the support system that Dusty Blake needs. Maybe it's that different voice that'll help translate some of this stuff so that the pitchers grasp it. Maybe it's that being down in the action on a daily basis and seeing somebody's arm drop or the release point different. And they go, oh, hang on, why don't we try this? I absolutely love that. And as far as like Marvel coming back, I think the one thing that we have to understand or or at least gain some perspective on is that the Cardinals, from my my viewpoint, Jamie, I think the Cardinals view this, this season as a colossal failure on everyone's part. They're not going to just point the finger at Ollie and say, well, the roster was good enough. You just didn't manage it correctly. I think they're they're looking at it as the offseason. We went into it. We got blown away by the sticker price of, of the, the free agents that are out there. We blew that. We weren't prepared enough to realize where the market was heading. So the front office blew it in the offseason. We get into the regular season. The players fell short, specifically the pitching staff and the defense. And yes, Ali was part of it when it comes to not getting the most out of his, out of his players. But I think they view it as a colossal failure on all levels. Every position, every you know, the players, the front office, and the coaching staff that they're not just going to say, "Ollie, you're fired for next year." That's my read on the manager situation. Question number two from the three one four: Does having Izzy or even Matt Holiday in the dugout this season change this team's record? I think it does. It's not a drastic change to where all of a sudden you're first in the division, but. There's something to be said about having a guy that recognizes certain trends in a clubhouse. And it's not that Ollie and Dusty Blake and all the other guys wouldn't recognize certain trends. And they all played, well, Ollie played baseball at the minor league level. Um, And I, I don't know Dusty Blake's baseball background as a player, but I know he's respected very much in that locker room. But it's just different. It's just different. Mm-hmm. I think that having guys who have been, uh, have walked a mile in those shoes, it's not that they know more. It's just that they know how to explain it better sometimes. Yeah. And let's just be honest. Sometimes the players just listen more. 
they, I've been in that situation in my career, right, wrong, and different when I'm getting coaching from a guy that played played nowhere, basically. And then the flip side of it is I'm getting coaching from somebody who's a Hall of Famer. Right. And you go, you know what? I think I'm going to listen to this guy. Certainly. So I... I I see a different record. Do I see a playoff team? That I don't know. No, I don't think so. I don't think you see a playoff team. The players have got to play. It is still a player's game. My thing is, how do you fix it moving forward? It's not just about finding three new starting pitchers in the offseason. It's not just building a new bullpen. It is also, what? how are we communicating certain information that we want to get to to the players? And having guys like Izzy or Matt Holiday in a clubhouse or a dugout consistently, along with Willie McGee and some of the other talented mm-hmm. individuals that are with you know on that coaching staff, I think I think would help. But ultimately, to the question, no. I mean, the players still have to perform; they still have to execute. If you want to leave us a mic drop, you can one on one ESPN app. Leave us a mic drop. What do you think about Mo's comments, especially with Ali Mar him saying, "Yeah, Ali's going to be here next next year." And it's final year of his contract. So what do you think? Leave us a mic drop. We'll get to that in the 5 o'clock hour. Matt Holiday was mentioned. We will have Matt Holiday on the show at 5 o'clock. You go, Marshy. Question number three. All right, from the 314, which Blues player are you all excited to see play this season and why? Um. Wow. I, I'm, I'm excited to see Kevin Hayes play. I think that... You know, one, he's a very, very good player when he was with the Rangers, a very good player with the Jets. Then he signed a big contract in Philly. And I don't think Kevin Hayes has really enjoyed going to the rink while playing under John Tortorella. Mm-hmm. And for a guy like Kevin Hayes, who is a light in the mood guy, a glue guy, a great locker room guy, I think that that was probably a big conflict for him internally. He's got a fresh start here in St. Louis. He knows exactly why he's here. He knows exactly um, what role he's going to fulfill here. Craig Berube is very excited to have him part of this team. So is Doug Armstrong. So I'm excited to see the impact of Kevin Hayes on the Blues, but I'm also excited to see his performance with a fresh start. Mm -hmm. Who are you excited to see, Anthony? Out of all the new guys? Well, just anybody on the team. Could be anyone. Um, the player that I'm most excited to watch this year would be Robert Thomas. That's I want a good to, one. I want to see what his maturation is because he's last year. You know, he gets the he gets the contract. Him and him and uh, Kyrou get the contracts. Okay, so you got that. You got that expectation, but now. This clubhouse, this this uh, locker room, excuse me, has completely turned over. Ryan O'Reilly's not there. We know now. It's been a couple years since Petro has been in there. Tarasenko's not in there. Like you gotta, you can kind of make it your own. You know, Braden Shen is is a huge, is a big time leader, and Falk is a big time leader. But you're Robert Thomas, you're Jordan Kyrou. They paid you to be face of the franchise type players. And at some point, you're gonna have to accept that leadership aspect of it too. And I, I think. I think both guys are going to do well. I, I'm especially excited to see what Robert Thomas does with uh, maybe more say in the locker room. Marsh, how about you? Uh, I like I like your Kevin Hayes pick. I'll I'll go with somebody else. I want to see what Yakub Verana can do this year. I think he's an exciting player. Um, he he was very exciting last season. I mean, he scored a ton of goals in his you know brief stint here in St. Louis at the end of the year. So I'm excited to see what he can do uh, on this Blues team. Question number four. 
From the 314, the under went 14 and 2 in week one. With the running game coming back slowly, is this the trend for the season? We kind of talked about it yesterday. I'll tell you why it's not. It might be early on, but I'll tell you why it's not. In what was the last year of when did they change the baseballs in Major League Baseball? Was it was it last year? Mm, I think they yeah. change them. I think they change them a lot. Last year. They change them a They've lot. They've been messing they, with the balls for yeah, quite a few years. They certainly have. But they like putting juice in those balls. That yeah. was that was. I think they they rub them down before the games and the sticky icky all over mm. them. I think it was two years ago that they still had the ping pongs out there. Basically, the odds makers you couldn't find a seven and a half, eight and a half for a run total. They were all nine and a half, ten and a half. Like they were high. Oddsmakers, oddsmakers saw what the trend the trend was. Now it's back down to your seven and a half, eight and a half. It's rare you'll find a ten and a half unless it's in Colorado. It is rare. Certainly rare. Big time rare. Oddsmakers will adjust. They'll see what's going on. So if you if you like this trend, at least do it for a week or two. But last night the overcashed. So you're gonna start seeing lower totals. I'm looking at a couple right now, 40 and a half for the Falcon game. Um 39 and a half for the Houston game, 41 for the Tampa game, you're 40 for the Arizona game. You're going to see lower totals, so I don't think it's one where you just bank on it. Well, and it's just week one. You know, teams are sort of adjusting to the year. Yeah, you have to expect that. Usually, offenses come out of the gates kind of on fire though, because the tackling is bad mm. because these guys aren't you're not hitting mm-hmm. in a lot of times in training camp, and you're not you're you're not playing a lot of preseason games, so there's a lot of missed tackles usually. But I thought overall the tackling was pretty good last week Mm. for the most part. Not last night. (laughs) Not last night, no. Question number five. Uh, From the 636, Colorado's team total against Colorado State this weekend is set at 43.5. Over. Does Prime cash the over? This is uh, (sighs) Prime, Prime hits 50 this week, boys. He gets into the 50s. Our coach Prime is going to hang at 50-plus on Colorado State. Oh, yeah. He's going to put the pedal to the metal. That's a 9 o'clock game in Boulder. He scored 45 against TCU, 36 against Nebraska. This is the week after Norville talked smack about the sunglasses. And the hat. And the hat. Mm -hmm. Now Oregon's head coach is talking smack. He'll get his next week. Colorado hangs 50. It's personal. It is. Damn right it's personal. We're coming. Mm -hmm. All right. What's trending is next on 101 ESPN. Don't forget it's personal. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's going on in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered with what's trending now. Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill and get a Lion's Choice Sandwich Coupon. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers, I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. Gentlemen, Aaron Rodgers was on the Pat McAfee show today and was asked about his return to football, and this is what Aaron Rodgers had to say. I think what I'd like to say is give me the doubts. Yes. Give me the doubts. Give me the, uh, the timetables. Give me all the things that you think can, should, or will happen. Because all I need is that one little extra percent of inspiration. That's all I need. Give me your doubts. Give me your 
prognostications, and then watch what I do. Hell yeah! <laughs> Let's go! There's a bunch of New York Jets fans, more specifically Mike Greenberg, that went six to midnight right there. Yep. <laughs> I left that part in specifically for you, Anthony. Pat McAfee. He doesn't disappoint, does that he? That was hilarious. I believe in Aaron Rodgers. I think he can come back. I think that this guy is one of the most determined human beings in the world. And uh, I believe when he says that he can come back and play in the playoffs, that he will. I believe in Aaron Rodgers. He's the best. Who are Motivated, you? determined. Who are you? Yeah. Where are we? Where are we? <laughs> What? Where the hell did that come from, Anthony? Well, he said, you know, give me the doubts and all that stuff, and I'll show you what I can do. So I'm going to do the exact opposite. I'm going to say I believe in him. <sighs> Your hatred for him is just awful. I hope he does come back, and he will. It's always the star players, though, honestly, right, that they find something to motivate Name them. Name one. Well, how many do you want, <laughs> Anthony? But Name a basketball player in the 90s. Yeah. Well, several, but one named Michael. He's pretty good, too. Last name Jordan. I think you've heard of him. Mm. And this, but what I was getting at is this is a situation to where, you know, had he played poorly or something like that, but this is an injury. Like, it's one thing to have you chip on your shoulder when you're going out, you make up something and you just want the edge on your opponent. If his Kelly's just can't hold up. Yeah. If it changes the way he drops back, if it changes the way he throws a football, if it changes his ability to move at all, like, that's not like, hey, doubters, I got you. This right. is like, I just can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. So, I, for me, I now I'm so curious to see what the Jets look like with Aaron Rodgers as quarterback. I'm pulling for him to heal quickly, get back into game shape, and play sooner than later. When that is, I don't know. Um, but yeah, this is a this is a situation where less can be more sometimes, especially with that type of an injury. He may want to make sure he's a hundred percent before you know he gets back on the field, just because he wants to prove everybody wrong. Mm-hmm. Just wait it out a little bit. Be patient. Nice. Good Mo it. reference there. I said it. Yeah, speaking of uh, Mo, he met with the media earlier today. And what we found out from uh, all of this media stuff and Ali Marmel as well is that Jason Isringhausen is joining the big league staff for this homestand. We just talked about that. We asked for your mic drops, the thoughts on some of Mo's comments. But, I mean, this is big for Izzy. He's back in the dugout. And, of course, we've talked to him right here on the fast lane. It's our guy. Uh, this is just an exciting. I think it's an exciting weekend, especially with how the team is doing. You want to see some sort of excitement in uh, in this club, and I think having Izzy in the dugout can kind of spark some of that. No doubt. Are you kidding me? Izzy there when you have questions. You're a pitcher, like you said. Jamie's faced every situation. Pressure cooker, all of it. Yeah. Closer. He started some games. You know, he started games, too. He started his career as a starter, in Uh fact, and then wound up being one of the best closers in MLB history. I mean, come on. It's Izzy. 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 Izzy is going to do a tremendous job. I absolutely believe in Jason Isringhausen. Uh, To me, I I think this move is more of a... Izzy being willing to expand his role mm-hmm. in this because I feel like if Izzy a year or two ago would have been like, hey, I'm really interested in taking on more here, 
I think the Cardinals would have probably examined that. Uh, I think that right now, specifically because you don't have the veteran pitching coach right now, you don't have the Dave Duncan or the Maddox, the Mike Maddox. You don't have any of those guys. You've got Dusty Blake that, you know, he's well-respected. He came with high praise, but this season hasn't been great for the pitching staff. So where do all the eyeballs go? We're around the pitching coach. And so why not give him some help? Throw him a Cardinals Hall of Famer. Like, is he? It's now we're, maybe we're overreacting. It's just for the series this weekend. We're not overreacting over anything, Jamie. This, but, is, the, this is the mark of a franchise that's about to turn around. I hope so. Oh, I would love that for Big Izzy. But it's going to be fun to see the big boy down in the dugout. Hopefully he has a good time with it. Last thing here, Alabama, who lost last week to Texas in Tuscaloosa, appears to be making a change at quarterback. Sophomore Tyler Buckner <sighs> is expected to start over Jalen Milrow. Wow. That's your guy, too, Ooh. Anthony. It is not my guy. <laughs> I illustrated that <laughs> from the Texas game. Yes. You can text in to win a four-pack of tickets to next Tuesday night's Bud Bash for Cardinals and Brewers on September 19th. It's the final Bud Bash game of the season and features a limited edition Brendan Ryan bobblehead giveaway. Here's your trivia question today. When BT was on in the first hour of the show today, he suggested or alluded to Jamie throwing the first pitch on Monday night in that Brewers series Jamie's going to throw out the first pitch on Monday night, and BT told him to throw a pitch at one person. Specific. A specific person. Yes. Who did BT suggest BT or uh, Jamie throw at? Text in 314-399-9646, 314-399-9646 for your chance to score those Bud Bash tickets. You're going to be the 101st texter with the correct answer, and then you're going to get those that four-pack of tickets to next Tuesday night's Bud Bash. Get all the details for next week's Bud Bash game, the final one, in fact, now at cardinals.com slash promotions. We'll talk to Matt Holiday next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Now batting for the Fast Lane, Cardinals Hall of Famer and fifth member, Matt Holiday. We're hanging with Holiday on 101 ESPN. Powered by Air Alliance Team Heating and Cooling. Getting the job done quickly, correctly, 100% of the time. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN 502. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stoltz. Appreciate everybody joined in. And let's head to our 101 ESPN celebrity line. We got our guy, Matt Holiday, Cardinals Hall of Famer, World Series champ, and uh, all-around slugger. What's up, Matt? Hey, guys. How are we doing? Doing good. Uh, you ready for this weekend? I am. Where are you right now? Talk to us. I'm in Stillwater at the baseball field. Uh, first day of fall scrimmages, so watching a little OSU baseball. Uh, just played a little pickleball. Oh. Um, got the big, good big football game tomorrow. So just uh, enjoying a little cooler weather. So just you know, living the dream. That a boy. Uh, pickleball. How'd it go? Good. Nice. Good. All right, Matt. I feel like you're locked in right now. He is dialed in. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, Tuesday, I'm playing in a big uh, charity event, uh, Danny Warfel's charity pickleball event in Atlanta on Tuesday. So, you okay. guys, yeah, 
it's a uh, it's a big deal, I guess. Apparently, I haven't been there yet. This is my first year doing it. You should walk up to him, look him right in the eyes, and say, "Go Seminoles." <laughs> like never met him before just, yeah. kind of <laughs> just laying the foundation i right loved there. your work in tallahassee yeah <laughs> you're getting his head matt hey matt we uh we just uh, got some information here uh from uh john mozalock just an update on a whole bunch of things but the one thing i, I wanted to touch on first is that jason isringhausen Going to be in the dugout joining the team for this series this weekend. Uh, they haven't expanded on what, you know, if it would be beyond this weekend or not. But just your your thoughts on that. A guy like Jason Isringhausen getting down there into the dugout, being in the clubhouse, and being able to lend a hand if necessary. Well, Izzy's a great guy. Um, he's awesome to be around. He obviously had a ton of ton of success in the major league. Um so it's it's definitely a positive thing. It's a you know it's the first I've heard of it. I'm, I'm, that's that's good news. I think that um, he offers a perspective of a guy that's had a ton of success, a uh, closer in the major leagues, has battled you know injuries and adversity, overcome all that stuff. So um, I, I I imagine that the guys will will like having him around. I think it's it's good to have guys um, you know former Cardinals, former players, former. Uh, um, you know, guys that, that uh, have, have done, you know, have, have had a ton of success in, in St. Louis, to have those guys around for the players to be able to pick their brains and be around them is, is uh, I, think, I think that's exciting. Matt, you're around young athletes now uh, a lot when it comes to your work at OK State, uh, you know, when it comes to just being around, you know, clubhouses and things like that. Do you feel like the the younger athlete right now would would go to you know somebody like Izzy and and ask for advice and what sort of community what what's what's best when it comes to communicating with a younger athlete these days because I feel like it's different than it was yeah. maybe ten years ago. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think Izzy's very approachable. I mean, I, you guys probably know him, and, and he's uh, awesome. Yeah. We love him. Yeah, yep. he's he's a great guy. I mean, he's really easy to talk to. He's fun. He's funny. Um, he's, he's, uh, approachable. Um, so I, I think he'll, he'll be really good at sort of breaking that ice and, and be able to go up to guys and, and, and kind of build relationships with them to where they're comfortable and asking him, you know, more questions, maybe talking a little deeper than, than just surfacey. Hey, what's up? I, I think that, um, you know, it's, it's, sometimes it's on the, the older, older person, the adult in the room, so to speak, to, to sort of, you know, initiate the conversation, to be able to go up to guys and get to know them a little bit so that they feel comfortable talking to them and, and maybe picking their brain and, and, and things like that. So I think you build a trust and, and relationship first, and then I think then it gives you a right to, to sort of speak into their lives and speak into their careers maybe in, in a way that, that they, they trust you a little bit more. But uh, Izzy will be fantastic at that. Uh, I think that's that's one of his – um, I never got to play with Izzy, but in getting to know him, um, you know, sort of post post career, I think that that's one of his biggest strengths is he's really easy to talk to and loves to talk ball and, and will be very relatable to the young guys. Yeah, he's great. And another guy who has been a great Cardinal, Adam Wainwright. Matt, he finally got 199 out of the way for the big boy, and uh, he had himself a pretty strong performance as well in that game. Now, your thoughts on Adam Wainwright finally getting to 199, and do with with approximately three starts left? Do you think the big boy gets to the 200? I think so. I mean, I think that the the, the 199, I 
I think that that, that that hurdle, so to speak, was been, you know, obviously it took him a while to get over it. Um, but I, I do. I, I think he'll get it. And uh, I'm excited to, to watch and, and to see if um, if he does, in fact, get that win. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's really uh, – it's kind of sad to me, honestly, that, you know, his career is winding down. And, you know, this has got three more starts and, and what has been a, an amazing career and, and all the lives he's impacted and all the – um, just the way he's used his platform as a Cardinal pitcher uh, has been incredible. And, and uh, you know, he's, he's just so synonymous with the uniform, uniform and, and the city. Um, it'd, be, it'd be hard to imagine, uh, you know, a St. Louis Cardinals team without him. Um, just like, you know, Yachty and in, in, in last year. But, uh, you know, to, to not have Yachty or, or Wayno on the team uh, in 2024 is going to be it's going to be really strange for me, and uh, and uh, but like I said, I'm 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 so excited for him, and, and hope that uh, the 200th win is is uh, is going to happen soon. Matt Holiday joining us right now on the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Matt, you had heard what Jamie said about the Mo making some comments to the media. One of the things that he said was that Ali Marmel will be back in 2024. Uh, it's the final year of Ali's contract. You 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 know you had considered joining Ali's staff this year before saying, "Hey, you know, I want to be with the family." And uh, we see all the work that uh, you've done, you know, with your boys and your family overall, and you got a chance to travel whenever you want. But when it comes to Ali, what are some of his strengths? Because I don't think a lot of fans can appreciate from the inside what Ali does yeah. bring to the clubhouse. Well, you know, I, I unfortunately, you know, I never got a chance to, to play for, for Ali or, or um, you know, even, you know, really as, as a player on staff. But I know Ali as a friend. And Ollie is extremely loyal. Ollie is uh, a, a, an amazing human, uh, a tremendous friend, uh, a very loyal friend, um, very funny, very easy to get along with, uh, very smart, uh, knows the game, uh, thinks about the game a lot, very dedicated to the craft. Um, so, I, I, like I said, I, I haven't been in the locker room with Ollie, but I can tell you as a human being, you can't find a better human being. I mean, he's just a tremendous human uh, one of my favorite people in the world. Um, and he and Amber and, and his little girls are like family to us. And, and we spent uh, a ton of time with him and we both lived in Florida. And, and uh, I, like I said, I, I don't know how, you know, how he is as a manager. I'm not going to pretend like I've been in there, but I can tell you that uh, if I was running the team, uh, I would trust Ollie with my team. And uh, I, I think he's, he's a, he's a, he's a smart, baseball guy who's also a great human which i think is is really a great combination we're talking about leadership well i think one of the things that ollie's done a real good job at this year is working with youngsters and the youngster in particular that i want to talk about is jordan walker and when, when you look at his season matt his first full season i mean there was a little send down there at the start of the season with a couple of weeks but mm-hmm. overall he played the full season here with the cardinals you know, how would you describe his first season, and you know what can we look forward to seeing more of? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's been a good a good season to learn and grow. I mean, I think he's had he's had some some very very positive stretches. He's had some a uh, little bit of slumps to to work through and and to to try to figure out as the league adjusts to you and and how you you sort of punch back and how do you adjust back. And so I think that that's been very positive, and that he's been able to do that. Um, I think he's endured a hundred and you know a full six months, and which I think is a young player, especially one who's you know twenty one or twenty two years old. Uh, for him to get used to that extra month and those extra twenty games will be beneficial moving forward. 
Um, I think he'll understand going into next year, he'll have a, a, a confidence in knowing his routine, knowing his way around the clubhouse and, and you know, sort of his place in the clubhouse. And um, so it, it all, all for me is all positive. I, I think it's, it's, uh, it's really a, a, a positive season for him, uh, for the organization and knowing that, you know, that he's going to be part of your, your organization moving forward and is going to be a, a really good player. And, and I look for him to take a pretty big step forward next year. Um, just on comfort alone and, and, and knowing himself and knowing the, the routine and, and all those things. So all in all, I'd, I'd say it's, it's been a great year for Jordan Walker and, and uh, look forward to next year and, you know, sort of the steps he takes moving forward. Matt, one last thing for you here with, uh, with this being Wayno's last year, they got Wayno's weekend planned here at the end of the season. And one of the things they got going on is that Wayno's going to play some songs. He's going to play some country songs for yeah. the fans at Bush stadium. Uh, one, a couple of things. Have you ever taken in an Adam Wainwright performance? And also, is there any chance that you'll be giving us a guest appearance on an instrument for this concert? <laughs> There's no, I don't play any instruments, so I, that part of the question is easy. Maybe backup uh, vocals, Matt. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not happening. Uh, he used to sing all the time when we would share when we would have uh, adjoining rooms, we would uh, he would stay up late playing his guitar, picking his guitar. His favorite uh, rite of passage was to take modern day rap songs and turn them into country songs, oh, which was hilarious. <laughs> so he would take Coolio and like some of those uh, Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg, and he would he would sing them the lyrics in country, and uh, and we would all laugh, and and uh, and he was he was pretty good at that, so. Maybe I'll try to talk him into to singing one of those uh, those old rap songs in his country twang uh, while he's playing the guitar uh, for old time's sake. But uh, I uh, I'm planning to be there and, and uh, looking forward to it. But I will not be part of uh, any instrument or singing. <laughs> Matt, uh, just between you know me, you, Jamie, and the eight people or so listening listening to our show. Um, on, on your rough nights, when he was strumming the guitar late and all you wanted to do was sleep, did you ever think, I'm going to grab the guitar and I'm going to do damage? I'm just going to break. I'm, no. I'm going to do damage. We had pretty good feel for each other, like as far as that goes. Like, if he had a bad start or I had a bad game, like we would, we would, uh, we would make sure the other one flushed it. You know, before we we started any uh, video game shenanigans or sure. uh, guitar or uh, you know we kind of feel it out, like see where we're at, what the temperature is on, on the emotional front, and then, uh, uh, you know, go from there. That so he had, yeah, he had good feel on, on when to, uh, to sing, <laughs> sing Coolio in his country voice if I'd gone 0 for 16 and, you know, was, was, uh, You're not in for Rapper's to, Delight that night. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, yeah. Uh, Matt, last one here. Uh, I, I lied to you. I thought I'd won before, but oh, fun. the yeah. last one I got because it just got to bounce back into my uh, my head here. You know, head trauma is real, Matt, and <laughs> yeah. uh, it happens. Um, Adam Wainwright. I've got a prediction in my brain. It's twisted as it is. I think Wayno for the last game at Bush Stadium. I I think he's going to DH that game. Oh, okay. I mean, what you, am I absolutely insane for? Th- will he at least get an at bat? But am I insane for thinking he'll DH the game? Probably DH. I think you're probably not going to happen. But I'd be okay with that. Uh, I do think there's a chance he gets an at bat. It depends who they're playing. I should know that. Who they who are they playing? Because I, I think you if know, that team, that team. Still, I think it's the Reds. Is, 
if that team's still up for like if there's other teams competing with the Reds or the Reds are competing, I think in in uh, in in lieu of of everybody in the league, I think they probably won't be DHing. But I do think if the game's out of hand one way or the other, I do think you could see him getting a bat. Yeah, for sure. So as a player on the opposing team, let's say the game's out of hand, or let's say it's a t- let's say the Reds are not in contention anymore. You see Adam Wainwright coming out of the dugout, picks up a bat. He's got a couple of swings in the on-deck circle. As the pitcher, do you just throw a watermelon just because? Like, here's 85 down the middle. If you knock it out of the park, great. If not, that's on you type thing? Yeah, I think so. I would. I mean, now in the the day and age where now every chance we get, we throw a position player out there throwing 55. I mean, I don't – I think a pitcher should be able to go, you know, hey, here you go. In all likelihood, it'll probably be a younger guy that will just try to throw a hundred by him. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't get the memo. <laughs> I'm all for. I'm all for the lob ball. Uh, Matt, great stuff, man. Hey, good luck. Good luck on Tuesday. Yeah, take, no, I appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate take it. take down those fools it. in that in that pickleball yeah. tournament. All right. Yeah, I appreciate it. All, all right, right, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good weekend. Everyone, take buddy. care. That's Matt Holiday here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. I could just, I don't know, going back to like the, the Wayno, he's, you know, strumming his guitar. It's late, right? Matt just had a rough one. I, I don't know. I could, I could see him picking up that guitar and saying, let me take care of this for you. Here, Adam, I have a song I want to play. <laughs> let me see that guitar for a second. Adam Wainwright to the IL. Why? <laughs> Splinters all over his face. I want to ask. All right. It's Fast on 101 ESPN. We threw out the mic drop earlier about John Mozeliak making the comments about Ali Marmel, that he's going to be the manager going to be back next year. What were your thoughts? We'll take your mic drops next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yeah, I mean, I'm not shocked that Mo said that Marmol's going to be back. I mean, that this would be his, what, third manager gone that he would had fired Matheny, Schilt. It's not a good look for Mo if he does it, fires him. This is Marmol's lame duck year. If he succeeds, he might get an extension. If he doesn't, he might not get renewed. And that all depends on what the front office views as succeeding and if he did his job. I mean, that, that's really what it is. That's our guy, Swan. And I think he's spot on. Something to consider. If you missed earlier today, we discussed the Derek Gould tweets with John uh, Mozeliak talking about his staff for next year. And Mo said that he wants Oliver Oliver Marmel back at manager for 2024, which is the final year of his current contract. Mo adds he expects changes to major league staff when asked by the Post-Dispatch if that meant natural churn or reflection of standings record, he said churn, but changes coming to the organization. So in other words... When it comes to like changes, it's not just because of the standings and the record and where the Cardinals finished. It's just part of part of what happens in an offseason. You just get natural churn when it comes to your coaching staff. That's not going to sit well with a lot of fans, including our very own Andrew Marsh. I don't like that. It's a cop-out, though, too. I don't like that answer at all. The co- but here's the thing. I think you're, the cop- not, you're not admitting that you just had a terrible season. Yeah. Admit to us. What? You had a terrible season. We're going to make changes. Mm-hmm. Not, oh, we got the natural churn because we got some guys that are coming up and blah, 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 and that's just how baseball goes. 
I actually think that would win the, that would win the press conference. It would have been the easier thing to say. Because yeah, you're admitting. He, he, yeah, he could have said, uh, no, this is unacceptable. We're, we're making changes because, but it wouldn't be the truth. So I actually think he, I think he kind of he he said the truth in terms of how he yeah. thinks, and he, he he eschewed winning the press conference there and making Cardinals Nation happy, including uh, again our ticked off producer Andrew Marsh. So I think what's going to happen? <laughs> Marsh, is, hold oh, on. he's so pissed off. I I got to hear more from Marsh. He's ready to explode here. Could, did you see this? Go ahead, Marsh. Go ahead. I just I don't like what he said. Now it's a natural churn. We got players coming in. We got, you know, we got some young guys that are going to take over. Like the roster's flipping because it's a new year of baseball. No, you, you guys stunk this year. Just tell us because everyone knows. We know why you need three pitchers. It's because you didn't get them last year. We know why your team stinks. It's because you didn't have any pitching. I love of it. course you need pitching. You need a ton of different stuff from pitching down to maybe the coaching staff. And that's <sighs> where they address that. I like fired up, Marshy. So I'm just, it's Friday. Vikings lost the last Vikings night. Vikings lost. There it is. There it is. We talked about Mizzou today. Oh. I didn't want to hear about them. I love it. Yeah, the Cardinals stink. All right, the so Blues we weren't that great this past year. Thank God they're starting yeah, They're starting soon. fresh. Last year was last that year. That was the last Blues. year. Just to kind of close out this churn thing, I agree with, with Marshy, but Mo saying there's going to be a natural churn, it just means that if there's changes, they might happen. They may not. He's setting himself up for success because if he declares there's going to be changes and there's not substantial changes, yeah. then he also feels the wrath at that point from the fan base. I think his natural churn is going to be bringing in people, adding to the coaching staff, and adding with a purpose of deleting later on. So bringing in somebody who you've added on to the staff and then a year from now deleting somebody from the current staff that you weren't going to keep anyway. Mm -hmm. So I see that. Because then, Anthony, technically, what would that be? (laughs) That would be adding. And it would be a natural churn. (laughs) It would be. Like like, the payroll's going up. Technically, it did go up. Let's hear from Steven next. Steven left us a mic drop. Hey, Anthony, Jamie, Marshy. As far as most comments, I just want to concentrate on the Ali Marmel thing. You know, this this Cardinal job used to be one of the top three or four in all of baseball. Everyone wanted to come here, free agents, pitchers. It just didn't matter. It was a magical time. Uh, that That is long gone. Moe's had a series of hires now, and this Marmel thing was a mystery to me. This is an A-ball manager who finished over 20 games under his last year. And I know he was a bench coach. I know guys want to like him. But I'm afraid he's more like a bud than he is a guy who can institute policy and have people respect him. And passing over Stubby Clapp, who finished first in AAA two years in a row, was just kind of a boneheaded thing to me. So I kind of think the Cardinals are getting what they deserve here. And I think Mo likes uh, Marmel for a lot more reasons other than uh, what he's brought to the table. I completely pushed that first year out the door because you had so much leadership on this team next to Marmel, and I don't think it's any coincidence that in 23, when all that was gone, that right out of the gate, the dysfunctionality of this team was front and center. So just having Ollie Marmel here alone 
doesn't doesn't bode for uh, any type of confidence for me in 24 and that's that's besides all the moves they need to make thanks uh steven thanks for your your mic drop i i will i will add to what steven said though too what does it say it's not just ollie what does it say about your current roster that last year you had you won you know you you won the division at least and because you had all the leadership to what steven said but now that leadership walks out, and then you've had a, a terrible year. That's not just a poor reflection on Ollie. I think that's a poor reflection on your current leaders, too. Does it not? Don't we have to expand that? I think everybody, nobody's safe, Anthony. Yeah, if we're, if we're <laughs> going to say, especially in the fast no, lane, that's right. it, if we're going to say, you know, it do, last year doesn't count for Ollie, but this year does, well, don't we have to also look at the leadership group? I absolutely feel like you have to. I, I It can't just be on Ollie. It's not. Okay, if we're going to the players... And we look at the leadership group for the players. Obviously, Adam Wainwright would be right at the top of the food chain. Although, I don't know. I've never been in the clubhouse with Wayno, but he, a lot of people say that yeah, he's a leader. He's you know the father figure of the clubhouse, all that stuff. I believe that to be true. Where I feel like this leadership fails, and again, I'm not in the clubhouse. I don't know. Is you've got super serious guys who love baseball and Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado, but they're very focused internally. Like Nolan Arenado is a spaz in the best possible way, but it's like because he he wants his personal game to always be the best. Mm-hmm. And well, the big fundy Paul Goldschmidt is, uh, I mean, an incredible baseball player, but he doesn't exactly s- seem to me like the guy that's going to rally the team. In any shape or form, or right. he, I, I don't. But again, Anthony, it's We're unfair for me to really yeah. comment because I don't know. This is my outsider's perception of what I'm seeing. Sure. So maybe the leadership did fail inside that clubhouse, but maybe we're all just not seeing it mm-hmm. as well. Maybe it was there, and they still just underperformed. I can't get past April. Oh yeah, well that was. Terrible. I can't get past April. You you didn't you never circled the wagons. There was never a point where you're like, well, there's only one team that can really circle the wagon. That's true. That's their beer Buffalo Bills. Um, but I mean, you never, you never kind of said, okay, let's uh, let's regroup, guys. Here we go. It was just from the start. Well, we don't know. Boy, I don't know if somebody could tell us why we're bad. Uh, let us know. Well, and also, I don't feel like the leadership group in that clubhouse did a really good job with the Contreras situation. No, I still hold some anger towards some of the leadership players for not being more vocal mm-hmm. and cleaning up that mess. When when your president of baseball operations wouldn't, when your manager had a hard time explaining what's going on, the players at that point need to be vocal in the media and just, you know, back their guy. Yeah. Take care of your stuff your stuff behind closed doors. Do what you got to do. Um, make your improvements, but I felt like the leadership group could have had a bigger voice in that moment too. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. We have beat the streak next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fastlane podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Baseball. All of my successes depend on me. You ready to hit? The hits just keep on coming.
Time for Beat the Streak ahead of tonight's Phillies and Cardinals game. We have a new Beat the Streak contestant from a listener standpoint. It's Dave. What's up, Dave? What's happening, guys? Good to be here. Pleasure and a privilege. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, the uh, privilege is uh, on this end. So is the pleasure. You know what I mean, Jamie? Yeah, thank you, Anthony. <laughs> All right, Marsh, what do we got for standings? Anthony, 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 unfortunately, your five-game hit streak now has come to a close. <laughs> Thanks Stupid to... Drew Rom. No, yeah, yeah. Mountcastle what? did not get a hit. Stupid Drew Rom. Gunnar Henderson did. Jamie, your uh, streak <laughs> is at three. Yes. My streak continues to climb up to five of no hits as Adley <laughs> Rushman did not get a base hit. And Mitchell, wow. who was our latest contestant, he picked Austin Hayes. He also did not get a hit. So we invite Dave into beat the streak. Man, oh man, oh man. Yeah, I saw what Mountcastle had like two at-bats and that was it and he got pulled. So Not great. Mm. All right, Jamie, you're up. Yeah. Um, let's see here. I'm going with Bryce Harper. What's he done? I know. I was actually torn between Kyle Schwarber and Bryce Harper. What has either of them done? Well, the last time Schwarber faced a lefty, uh, it was Drew Rahm at the time, he took him yard on the first pitch. Hmm. So, But I'm going to go with Bryce Harper. All right, Jamie's got Bryce Harper. Dave, you're actually next. Go for it. Well, big Wilson Contreras mashes against Nola, so I'm going to go Wilson Contreras. All nice. right, I like it. Uh, I'm going to go with Trey Turner, the shortstop for the hey. Philadelphia Phillies. Oh Give me Trey Turner. Timmy Turner. Marsh? Fairies! Fairies! <laughs> oh, Anthony, you took my guy. Um, wow. And Brandon Marsh is not in the lineup tonight. So I am going to go with Nick Castellanos. Old Nicholas Castellanos, huh? Castellanos, deep drive, left field. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jamie's got Bryce Harper. <laughs> David's got Wilson Contreras. I have Trey Turner. And Marsh took Nicholas Castellanos. Dave, have a great weekend. Thanks for playing, and we'll, hopefully we'll talk to you on Monday. Thanks, guys. There you have it. There's Beat the Streak here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Don't forget, join us for Blues and Brews this Friday evening, or next Friday evening, I should say, next Friday evening, because today's already Friday. Next Friday evening at the Anheuser-Busch Brewery, you get fired up for the Blues season. Got an outdoor street party next Friday featuring live music from country music star Chris Lane and local blues musician Marquis Knox. You think Wayno would make an appearance to that? I would be amazing. We should beat him on. Do they play that night? They probably do. Yeah, it's Friday. That's probably. Yeah. Oh, appearances by Blues players. You got Jordan Bennington stopping by. I think Braden Chen's going to be out there. Colton Pareko. Uh, Kevin, Hayes. Kevin Hayes will be yeah. there. Craig Berube will be there. Ruby. Jamie Rivers will be yeah. there. Other Blues alumni. Yep. Bam. So Blues and Brews presented by Bud Light, 101 ESPN, and 92.3 WIL. Get all the details at 101ESPN.com. I love going to these these live shows. Last time we were at Bush Stadium was for opening opening day. That's right. It was a good time. Do we ever find out how far away no. the stadium was from Ballpark Village? No. I don't think we did. I actually feel like there was a listener that nailed it, but we forget. Yeah. That was a long time ago. That was back when I thought the White Sox would surprise, would shock the world and go to the World Series, Marsh. That's when. Uh, that's mm. way back when I thought the Mets were going to win it all. Yeah. <laughs> what does it say about these teams 
that our picks didn't come to fruition? Or does it does it say something about us? No, I think it says more about the teams, don't you guys? Yeah, it's definitely That's not, what I it's think. definitely not on us. Yeah. I didn't know that the White Sox players like hated each other, you know? Well, they hated each other and then some guys just did whatever the hell they wanted. Yeah. Went to go Fell to sleep. asleep. They mm-hmm. left mid game. How do you fall asleep in a baseball game? Well, 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 well come on. Yeah. It's a slower game. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it is America's pastime because long night the night before. Baseball pat you know. it, it, it it helps you pass the time. Is that why is that why it's called That's that? Why it's called America's pastime. Yep. Hmm. I didn't know that. What would you consider to be America's pastime now? Baseball. Hmm. If you phrase it that way, I'm going to say baseball, Marsh. Anthony, don't be snarky now. I'm not. I'm I, I would high levels. I felt like I was very direct. In fact, where are you? We don't need a baseball. The game of baseball doesn't need a ricochet shot. I, the only rico- ricochet shots I've been given all week is to Eli. That's a good okay? point. That's a good point. Come on. Fade or follow next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for FanDuel Fade or Follow on the Fast Lane. Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Everyone follow us. I'll fade, I'll fade. Money, 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 money. It's a Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Our guy Trevor is back for a, what, fourth straight week now? Four, number four, he's going for $200 of FanDuel's money. What's up, Trevor? Uh, not much, man. How are you guys today? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, we're doing good. Thank you for asking. I was I was mowing the lawn last week, and I'm watching the games, too. I'm kind of going back and forth the garage, I, and I thought to myself, I'm like, did we screw our guy Trevor with this Falcons pick? Because at one point, he's tied, and it looked good, and Panthers were driving. But they came through for you. Were you nervous at all? Uh, a little bit in the early goings, but it's a rookie quarterback, man. If they can't beat him by three, four, then I didn't deserve to win. Amen, brother. Amen. We got another football play for you, but it's going to be a college game, and it's actually going to be the Mizzou game oh. tomorrow night. But we're going to go prop play now, Trevor. If you've been listening to Jamie and I, we've been we've been criticizing this Marsh too, criticizing this passing game for Mizzou. But Brady Cooks over, yeah, Brady Cooks over under is two hundred and eight and a half passing yards. That's it. He gets to two. He gets to two oh nine. He gets to two ten. Cashes the over. Now I think a lot of this is based on the Kansas State game last year, where he only threw for one hundred and twenty eight yards. Understandable. But Kansas State's going to shut down Mizzou's running game. I think Brady Cook is going to have to pass it. If game script calls, you know, if Mizzou's if Mizzou is trailing, they're going to have to throw the ball a lot more. Brady Cook usually went over that number. He went over it in the, in the bowl game against Wake. He went over it in, at Arkansas. Uh, Tennessee went over that number. South Carolina. Some of the bigger opponents last year, he, he cleared that number easily. So we're going to take the over 208.5 passing yards for Brady Cook tomorrow against Kansas State. Would you like to fade us or follow us? I mean... I've done it all of this time. We might as well keep following. Yes, you were kind of, you kind of limped into that, but that's yeah. fine. I he didn't love it. He's with us. He didn't love it. I don't of blame him. Don't I don't it. love it. Jamie, I mean, I didn't love the 
the other bet either. But no, you didn't. <laughs> you sat there. You, you mother blanked us for about three quarters, and then you celebrated. Yep. Same thing tomorrow, <laughs> my man. Let's ride the roller coaster together. All right? That sounds good to me. Yes. All right, Trevor. Good luck tomorrow. Have fun. And we will talk to you next Friday. That's the plan. I hope to talk to you guys next Friday. You guys have a great weekend. You too. Thanks. You too, buddy. Thanks, Trevor. That's FanDuel's Fader Follow here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Yeah, Brady Cook, 208 and eight and a half passing yards. We're going to take the over in that. Jamie hates it. Marsh is, uh, eh, you know, like it. I, whatever. It's, look, it's about game script, guys. Just, just win the game. It's about game script, Marsh. Kansas State's going to shut down that rushing attack. Brady Cook's going to have to throw. He's going to have to throw a lot in the fourth quarter when they're trailing. I like where your head's at. He's look. We get to two ten, two ten. We're good. Anthony, you know what he could do? He could throw a five yard pass, <laughs> and Luther, and Luther Burden, Burden could take it for seventy yards. Now you're thinking. Almost there. We call that the old Justin Fields. Yeah, we do. Do we? Yeah, Jamie. <laughs> Jamie doesn't believe it. Jamie doesn't believe uh, in anything. What are you he said a bad about? attitude all day today. What are you talking about? And Why? fortunately, we're uh, at the finish line here. Yeah. I don't know where you're headed with that, Anthony, but you know what? I don't care because we're four minutes from the finish line, which means guess what? I have to hear your crap for two days, okay? That's fair. Yeah. All right, uh, Marsh, what do we got for criticisms and compliments? Yeah, from the 661, we were talking about the Arizona Coyotes earlier today in our NL Central Division preview, and the 661 said that Rivers' curse is the history lesson, never getting over the hump until Jamie's jersey goes up in the rafters. Well said. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree. Uh, From the 314. Marshy, I'll pinch hit for you at the Waffle House if you need relief. Oh, wow. That was nice. That is nice. Yeah. I don't know if it's part of the rules, it's but I don't illegal. think it is. Yep. Highly frowned upon. Unethical, but nonetheless, nice. And, and you, look, know what? I, you know what? I, I hope they had the same record. <laughs> they might. I was Nine about and to, eight. I was about to say, like, Owen, you're 0-2 right now, but Falcons obviously easily lose the Packers on Sunday, uh-huh. and you're no worse for wear heading into this week team, three. They're not making the playoff, but... They just, could just win more games be than the better Falcons. than the Falcons. Yep. And I think that's where my season is heading uh, from the six, three, six. Come on. Fred bird will be, uh, will be uh, known as dead bird after Jamie blast him in the head with a 50 mile per hour heater. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it'd kill him. It's kind of slow of a pitch. Yeah. I don't know. He if threw curveball. I don't know if hitting Fred bird's the best move. He's, he's kind of beloved. I know we, we sent him down to the minors earlier this year. He deserved it. I feel like we've done enough to Fred Bird. Probably right. And he has to do a show weekly with BT. I mean, life's tough. You know? Did you just sideswipe BT? No, not at all. Just, it's got to be a tough gig for Fred Bird. Man, oh man. Hey, you know? did, hey, by the way, don't forget you can download our podcast mm-hmm. at 101ESPN.com or 101ESPN, the mobile app. It's all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Had a fun show today. We did have a fun show. Anthony, I have a question for you. Oh, boy. What if Sam Horn plays in this football game? Well, it's probably after Brady Cook throws for 210 yards and doesn't get it done. They said Brady Cook's a starter. No, I they know. Love, they love the Cook. I know. It'll be fine. I know you guys, look, I know you guys are worried. I do. I get it. And I understand it. I appreciate the concern. But have a little faith, Okay. Just have a little faith. Jacob kind of did. And I would like you guys to kind of give a little bit of faith to me as well. All right. 
Have I? Let me ask you this. Have I ever steered us wrong before? Yes. About five minutes ago, probably. <laughs> when you fader followed our guy. <laughs> It'll be fine. Okay. How many, how many yards is it again? 208 and a half. So he has to throw for 209. And we're good. How many did he have last week? Last week, oh, he, didn't, he, he didn't go over last week. So, there's that. That's okay. They're playing a much easier team this week. That's the point. Jamie, you make a great point. That's the point. So, step up in competition. Guys, it's all about game flow. I know you like that flow, Anthony, but I don't think it's happening. Not typically. All right. Everybody have a great weekend and a safe weekend. Jamie's off on Monday. Yeah, baby. He took the entire day off so he could throw one pitch at Bush Stadium that night. Got obligations at Dan. Dan McLaughlin will be filling in for Jamie, so Danny Mack will be with us on Monday. Everybody have a great, safe weekend. Thank you so much for joining us. See you. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.